Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. You can hear the air. You can feel the vibe. And you know it's time for another Southern Sports Central. I am Richie Alban, alongside all the way up there on the Grand Strand is Brandon Biscobing. You'll hear him live right here on Southern Sports Central tomorrow morning with Sports Unlimited. But first, it's time now for the flagship show right here at Southern Sports Central for three solid hours. Eugene Benton out on assignment tonight. He'll be checking in all the way in North Charleston at a brand-new facility where he'll have boots on the ground between a 3A matchup down there right off of I-526 is where they'll kick it off sometime here in uh, the next few. But now that's going to be North Charleston taking on Oceanside in that region play tonight. Uh, should be a pretty good matchup. Uh, definitely looking forward to getting Eugene's thoughts on that brand-new facility as they opened up here in 2020. So some good news coming out of uh, all this craziness that's going on. Now, tonight we'll talk a lot of things about high school football. we got, of course, a great group of uh, men coming in here, hanging out with us tonight to talk to us about what they think will happen here in the low country and then part of the lower side of the low country. We'll get into that conversation as well because it's 7 o'clock. We're going to get David Shelton. He is a the uh, writer for the Post and Courier, beat writer for the Charleston Southern University over there, and, of course, a uh, writer for the high school Report. Then at 8 o'clock, it's Justin Jarrett with Locosports.com. He'll join us to talk some sports, some high school Friday night lights down there in the lower part of the low country as well. Of course, Brandon, well, he's going to bring it as well because he is the man with the plan when it comes to uh, the Grand Strand. That kind of goes together. Of course, he is going to give us an update on some of the big games that are going to happen up on that side of town tomorrow night. And there's a big-time rivalry feeling as we welcome in the uh, October month here to the show is it is now October, of course, the first, and why not start off with Southern Sports Central. Now, Brandon, I'm going to bring you in, brother. We've got a great show lined up tonight. We're going to talk some college football here in just a few, as the SEC is going to have a weekend to remember as well with a lot of really big matchups. We've got some transfers as a five-star running back at Clemson is deciding to leave the university and opt out into the transfer portal. Where will he go? Well, that's going to be uh, seen hopefully in the next few days. If you've heard anything, let me know, man. But it's still, a, a lot of great things are happening between the high school and the colleges that we'll kind of cover tonight, bud. Yeah, definitely. Uh, lots of stuff to cover. It really is fall now. It, it really is football season. SEC started last week. South Carolina High School started last week. We are in full swing now. That we are, of course, here in a moment. I'll actually be rolling out. And, of course, uh, Brandon's 
manning the uh, the guard here tonight. As uh, you know, he's going to be handling the studio up there on the Grand Strand. And I'm actually going to be hanging out over at Goose Creek. They're going to be uh, hosting Fort Dorchester. I'm going to go over there and uh, at least let you hear in the background some, some, some pads hitting and some whistles blowing and hopefully some touchdowns being scored uh, as uh, we'll be over there live on the grounds here in a few. But I uh, do want to kind of get into some headlines here tonight. Like I said, uh, throughout tonight, you can hear us live right here on Blog Talk Radio. You can also follow us over there on um, – SO Sports Central, that's on Twitter, and Southern Sports Central on Facebook. A lot going on here in the next uh, 24 to 48 hours as we are now under the gun. We're about a, mm, let's give it 13 hours from a lot of pregame shows kicking off and about 13 and a half hours from Friday Night Lights kicking off. Now, again, there are some teams on the Grand Strand probably, uh, definitely here in the low country that are going to be playing football tonight. Of course, the JVs, the B teams are doing their things, but there's also some varsity action happening around uh, the uh, state of South Carolina as well. Some headliners coming out of this weekend, of course. You know, my thing is is that you're going to see some teams that, you know, got a chance to put it together in the SEC. But for me, it, it, this weekend is one of those weekends where you have waited for, I would say, this matchup of matchups because the SEC is only playing the SEC. So we slowly start getting to a point where all Power 5 football is going to be playing and we'll be back to something resembling what we know as that normal college football season. Now, that being said, Saturday has two of the biggest matchups, Texas A&M at Alabama and Auburn at Georgia. Man, let me tell you, Alabama hosting A&M. I've said it on this show, and I've said it on other shows. I really feel like this is Texas A&M's best chance to really play for not only the SEC championship, but for a national championship. So we'll wait and we'll see how that works out. Now, of course, uh, the noon Eastern time games will serve as an appetizer for the gourmet serving for that top 10 SEC football in the afternoons, of course, in the evening. Now, the Crimson Tide bring back a running back, Najee Harris. Everybody can't wait to see what he does. And, of course, that wide receiver, Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith. Now, Bama also has the experience, the offensive line that they will bring into this game. And, again, it is – in Alabama, it is in Tuscaloosa, where they got that new lighting system and all. So that should be an interesting conversation. But the four starters back from the 2019 and defensive uh, stacked up with players who, of course, likely end up playing on Sunday. No doubt Alabama is always going to do what Alabama does. Now, the Aggies are ranked number 13, but didn't look the part last week. As you guys kept up with it, Alabama did well. Not the case for the Aggies. as They only won 17-12 to at home against Vanderbilt. I mean, at one point I looked at that score and I thought I was watching some baseball. But uh, we'll wait and see what Kellen Mond, of course, where he's expected to be one of the better quarterbacks coming out of the SEC, uh, but had a probably an average game, if you would have to say it at least. Now, of course, if you're an A&M fan, you know, you'd better hope that uh, you got some of that rust off the old uh, shoulder pads and off the arms and the kneecaps and everything else that might not have been hitting at all cylinders. Otherwise, it could be a long night in Tuscaloosa. And i got to be honest with you, that's not a place you can afford to get down. So we'll wait. We'll see. Uh, the other action that we're going to be keeping an eye on this weekend out of the SEC is Auburn visiting number four, Georgia. Now, the two meetings as a top ten for the sixth time in rivalry history. These teams are very – these schools are very close in proximity together. All right, this is a conference that easily could have taken an Auburn team and put them in the east and slammed the Missouri team in the west, which realistically – geographically, 
would have made better sense. But since that's not what we do these days and age, it's common sense. It's not so common. That's kind of, yeah. Now, don't forget in this rivalry with Georgia having won the most recent, that was back in that SEC championship in 2017. Now, the Bulldogs come into this game knowing exactly who they are on offense with quarterback Dwayne Mathis, who had a poor first half against Arkansas. But we'll see if Kirby Smart, what he'll do as uh, the third stringer, Stetson Benton, who helped UGA pull away, USC transfer JT Daniels, has been cleared to play and could start as early as Saturday. But we don't know exactly how this is all going to work out. And and it's unusual for Georgia. You know, and and I'm going to let you chime in a little bit here, Brandon, because I know you're a college football guy as much as a high school guy. But Georgia is known for having quarterbacks. They're known for having longevity quarterbacks. I mean, Quite frankly, we've seen even the offensive coordinator at the University of South Carolina, Mike Bobo, it felt like he was there for 30 years. Other quarterbacks, it seems like when they start, man, they play forever. It's just mm-hmm. not a place you want to go and be a backup because you seem to always be in the backup role. Especially if you're one of those guys that, you know, you're a freshman going into, you know, you're looking at schools, you're going in, you know, you're a senior going, you know, looking at schools and they already have a freshman that is either starting or is pegged to be starting. Because then you know you're right. going to be sitting behind that dude for the next three years, and you're not going to get to start, if you ever do start, until your senior season. So, you know, it, 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 you, you see a lot of programs that, you know, just basically rotate seniors out, it seems. And then it seems like there's also programs like Georgia that, they'll get a guy out of freshman year coming in their freshman year, plug him in and the starting role right away. And then four years later, they'll just get another top recruit and, hmm. and plug him in at the starting role right away as well. Yeah, you're exactly right. And that's usually what happens. Not the case right now in Athens. Now, if you are an Auburn fan and we do know there's a few of you out there, uh, you had to be excited about what Bo Nix looked like as uh, Auburn opened up against Kentucky. Now Kentucky is a heck of a lot better than Vanderbilt, which is the team that Texas A&M saw, and they're a lot better than the team Arkansas that, of course, uh, we we know that Georgia saw. So we'll see exactly if this continues, because here's what Bo Nix did last week against Kentucky. As he threw 50 times, right, 50 times for 245 yards and one touchdown. We'll wait and see if that contributes to anything. Because, again, this is a robbery. This Georgia – Auburn game is not as a big game as the Auburn-Alabama game, but I got to tell you, it's sitting a solid second in the land and the eyes of those at Auburn. And if you're a Georgia fan, I don't know whether it's a bigger game for Florida because, yes, it depends and decides and determines a lot to be said, had, and looked at inside the SEC East. But maybe at worst-case scenario, Brandon – that's got to be a close second because these cats are fighting for the same recruits. Mm-hmm. They're fighting for the same bragging rights. They're fighting for a lot because it is geographically a very close college situation between the two in a drive. Yeah, definitely. Those two schools, you know, they're very close to each other. And as a result, like you mentioned, they are fighting for those top recruits in that area, which you know, that area is filled with them. Right. And, and for me, we'll wait and see, you know, how this thing kind of plays out, pans out, if you will, because I just, 
I feel like this is going to be a game we want to keep an eye on. There's some other games inside the SEC. While these teams are playing for supremacy, there's other teams in the SEC that are playing for life. And what I mean by that is to have a, a, a longevity without the season being over before it really starts, i.e. South Carolina and a few other teams yeah. around the SEC. You know, there's some teams inside the ACC. We'll talk about that here tonight as well. Now, if there's a game, be it high school or college, that you want to chime in tonight, that you want to lock in and you want to call in, you want to talk to us about what's going on, we'd love to hear from you. The lines will be open throughout. Yes, we have a 7 o'clock and 8 o'clock, and maybe a few other guests may drop by to say hello. But for the most part, this is a show for you. So we want to hear from you. If it works, great. If it doesn't, that's okay. we got a lot to cover tonight. There's a lot of house cleaning tips to get to, and we're going to get to all of those here on the network. Now, we're excited, of course, tomorrow morning. Don't forget that the same man you hear right now, the same guy you hear right now on the other end of this broadcast is going to do his thing in the morning, 7 to 10, which I'll jump in there with him. We'll have some more conversation. He's got some more solid guests. He's going to take calls from you. We're going to do a pick em. We'll go through the high school list of some top games because tomorrow night's games, oh, are they looking good as well. We're not going to get into that yet. No, you're going to have to wait for some of that <laughs> conversation. Let's get back to some of the things that uh, we are looking at. Of course, uh, you know, you look and see who else, what else has been going on. Well, it is the Pac-12 that announced that they will be playing a little bit of football. Now, last week uh, they mentioned that they would have a seven-game football season starting uh, to slate in November. Now, the announcement came after a summer that included Pac-12 athletes organizing a racial equality and COVID-19 protections. Now, we caught up with the, uh, you know, many of those fans. We've talked to many fans outside of the SEC, the ACC, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and they're delighted. You know, there are a lot of fans who want to see the Southern Cows on the field. I want to see Southern Cows on the field. I want to see Oregon Ducks flying on, on, on a Saturday afternoon. I enjoy watching football at 2 o'clock in the morning, Brandon. <laughs> they took it away from me. You and I are the kind of guys that who watches it on the East Coast, and I'm the first guy to raise my hand. You can count yep. me in at 2 o'clock on a Saturday morning. Man, I am watching the Ducks put up 80 points on somebody. I'm watching Southern Cal because of multiple reasons. Some of them are football. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. just me. It's tradition. In football, we need Notre Dame. We need Michigan. We need Ohio State. We need Auburn and Alabama and Georgia. You know, you need to see Florida State, Miami. Clemson is becoming definitely a must-see program down there. Mm-hmm. Here's how you know Clemson's in the conversation, because they're losing a five-star, and you ain't hearing a whole lot about it, because they got another five-star waiting to walk in. This is yep. the season that these athletes need to understand that it ain't as easy as it used to be. Now, for a five-star kid, yeah, he's pretty much going to pick the Corvette he wants to ride out of town and the town he yeah. wants to ride it into. But for everybody else, Man, you know, there's a seller season and a buyer season. Brandon, I got to be honest with you. I got to be honest with you. Is it a seller season or a buying season? So who would the seller be? The seller is going to be the athlete. The buyer is going to be the college. And I got to be honest with you. It's a buyer season, baby. These buyers are buying what they want, when they want, how they want. They got more houses to look at than they could ever Mm -hmm. imagine in their life. Man, it's like going up on the Grand Strand and they're buying a house, get a house free type market. Man, you never heard of such a thing, Brandon. It's a real deal up there. 
But that's college football right now, ladies and gentlemen. That is where we are. If you're in the class of 2021, right, that class of 21 right now, I feel for you. Because I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you the one thing that you may not have been hearing from your coaches. I don't know if you have or not. I want to believe that all coaches are doing it and doing it the right way because we have got a thousand great coaches to come on this show. But these colleges, they are having an issue just maintaining the amount of kids that are coming back because this is what we call free football right now. What does that mean, Rich? Well, that means that right now all of these guys that are playing football aren't being charged a lick of dime. Nope. This is like playing overtime. It doesn't, I mean, it, 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 it's, not, it's just free football. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. They're not being charged eligibility. Cats are getting into college without SAT scores. And why some say, man, that's got to be pretty cool. Well, that's pretty cool for everybody who's not an athlete. But there's still other bridges to cross and other mountains to climb and other walls to get through, even though you look at even though you look at some of the other things that are going on. And as you look at now the Pac-12 coming back, as you see the Big Ten is going to be coming back in the middle of October, the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, the American Conference, and any other conference decided to play. And I'm not talking about the teams that are playing. I'm talking about the entire conference decided to play. Boy, they look like geniuses right now, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, I I was wary, I was cautious at the beginning, but now as we get further and further into it and, you know, it seems like everyone's just moving on, it seems like, you know, there's going to be hiccups, and we've seen it a lot, especially uh, lately in the Sun Belt. We've seen a lot of teams having to postpone games and whatnot, but outside of that, everything has been moving pretty much, you know, full steam ahead, no problems. And the one thing I want to bring up real quick that I really wish, especially with the Pac-12 coming up or coming back. Did you see that Larry Scott suggested that the playoffs be expanded this season? I did not see that. Now, what would his reasoning be? Because the Pac-12 and the Big Ten decided to come to the party late? I mean, do we slow down the wedding when there's a wedding? That's That's the cynics look at it. But I think because of the fact that you're not getting the non-conference games and everyone's just playing conference games, at least for the most part, there really is no real um, formula, more, no real format that you can de- decide and say, hey, this yeah. Pac-12 uh, champion is better than the Big 12 champion or whatnot. And I personally would have loved to have seen it because this would have been the year to experiment and like I've said before, I said it on my show. I don't think I've ever said it on your show, but the national championship until they get a real format in there and that oh, yeah. and the and everyone included, it will be mythical to me. Right. No, no. I am going to agree with this. I'm going to tell you this, Brandon, that I think that there should be eight teams. I actually think there should be ten uh-huh. teams. I believe there's a top ten. There's a not top ten, so ten's kind of that number. I think mm-hmm. four's kind of always, even before and after COVID, it still has a lot of question marks. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you the real reason that these other – you're going to start hearing some griping going on because they know that if you look at the strength of schedule, the SEC lands three out of four teams inside this top four. Mm-hmm. That's just reality. Yeah. That's where these people have problems. It's not yeah. the SEC's fault that the ACC isn't strong enough to hold up to the SEC schedule. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, the Clemson fans are going to bark and they're going to bite and they're going to hoot and they're going to holler and growl or whatever they do, and that's fine. But what was it like to have two back-to-back off weekends? Mm-hmm. What was it like to be against the Citadel and then take another weekend off? What was that like? Or what was yeah. it like to open up on the road at Wake Forest? And we all know Wake Forest is where would they stand in the SEC towards the bottom. Mm-hmm. Strength of schedule is not yeah. helping this situation because why? Because they could not dip into the pockets of the SEC and get one of their teams, not one, but yet two teams. And the SEC, the ACC, I get that. But Clemson has made a great stride in playing not one, because they always play the Gamecocks, mm-hmm. but they always play another team inside the SEC. That's helped their strength of schedule. Now that strength of schedule is not there. They better pray to the Lord baby Jesus that some of these teams start to step up. They better hope that a team like Notre Dame doesn't trip up and play into a normal Notre Dame season and lose a few games that they should win. That mm-hmm. ends up hurting their strength of schedule. The strength of schedule for the SEC is this there. It is not there for the Pac-10, excuse me, the Big, the big 12. It's not there for the Pac-12 because they're going to be playing later, right? I mean, how do you even let these guys in the party? You know, you're just there for the – what? You're just here for the after party? Well, that sucks. That's not happening. All right? And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the wedding, here comes the Big Ten. No, you got to be here at the beginning. Mm-hmm. You just can't show up. Before, but, but, you you got to be here during the preseason of practice. You just can't show up in the middle of the season and expect to be a starter, can you? Go ahead. Oh, I agree with that. But the one thing, and and if we were going to play off of your uh, your logic, then I would definitely agree with that. I would love to see a team from the American or a team from the Sun Belt to make in there. See if David can really beat Goliath, because that's one of the big the big things about college football that I've always had a gripe with is, you know, one of the most fun things about March Madness is seeing those underdogs come in and beat the Kentuckys, beat the Kansases, and and see what they can really do on the court. And, you know, right. yeah, you see it yeah, you see it in regular season at times in non-conference play, like with Appy State against Michigan a few years back, you know, UCF winning, you know, their national championship a couple of years ago. You know, uh, they, you know, give these teams a chance. Make it a real competition instead of a popularity contest. Right. I mean, let's let's look at a game on the schedule coming up this weekend. Oklahoma State at Kansas. Mm-hmm. That's not even worth me watching at three thirty. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to go look for a. I'm, I'm probably going to go look for a Sun Belt schedule because I don't want to watch Kansas play football. You know, it, it, it's just not good football to me. Mm-hmm. To me, it's just I, I don't think I'm watching it. Florida State, Florida State playing Jacksonville State. What do you think happens there? Florida State cannot find a win with their coach or without their coach. They left their coach in Tallahassee and went down and got drugged by the U. I, I just don't understand it. Mm-hmm. You're not helping yourself, Florida State, by playing Jacksonville. You're, you're, you're not helping yourself. To me, it's, it's, it's not a good look. You know, and I guess you've got to play who will play you. I mean, you're, at least you'll get one win out of the season. It looks like Jacksonville State could be a dub. We'll wait and see. As bad as Florida State has been, I think, you know, uh, how bad would that be? be That would be bad. That's not going to be good. That would be bad. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I would rather watch 
I would rather watch at 7.30 LSU take on Vanderbilt than watch that game against Florida State. Well, that I would may rather actually watch be an game. interesting game considering what happened to LSU last week. Not good. Not good. Maybe they couldn't understand the play calling. Maybe it's a new group of kids they couldn't understand Coach Joe. I, I don't know. But what I know is I'll watch that game before I watch anyone. Now, Iowa State, Oklahoma, that's a 7.30 kickoff. Maybe. Maybe I'll watch that one. We'll see. I'll definitely flip through and see what's going on. But I'm also going to keep an eye on this other game with UCF and Tulsa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See what I'm saying? There's so yeah. many different games that mean so many different things. Even in the high school level, level Brandon, every mm-hmm. game in high school in the state of South Carolina is a playoff game. I know teams on Friday night that are playing so much, and there's so many headlines at different games. For example, I'm going to hit you locally here. Matter of fact, I'll hit you one here and one there. If you're up on the Grand Strand, we'll go there first, and you look at the likes of St. James. St. James, they're playing soccer team. St. James wasn't even a thought. They weren't even a thought when I was in high school growing up in, in Surfside Beach, South Carolina. Had it been, I'd have gone there. I was actually not given that opportunity because I went to the high school on the beach. That's soccer team, during my day at least. Now, that rivalry, well, there's that on the line, but there's also, are we going to play a postseason on the line? If I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. St. James took a loss on Friday night. Sockacy yep. took a loss last Friday night. Yep. The loser is out. It's just that mm-hmm. simple. They're only taking two to the party. It's a party I mean, for two probably, over here. I'll be honest with you. That's probably going to be the battle for the seller uh, right there. Yeah. Whoever loses that game is probably going to be dead last, and the other one probably will be in fourth. Well, that's what we – that's well. However, we're going to take a quick break here in just a minute because we're going to try to stay together in the 30s. However, Brandon, those are games that make headlines, brother. Those are the games that make Cinderella stories become reality. Coach Hamp, hey, look, he's a brand-new coach. He comes in from the North Carolina side of life, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think he was in Virginia. He was a North Carolina guy. He comes in. After playing college ball as a fullback for Coastal Carolina back in the day, back in Coach Bennett days, where he was a dog, it was a shot of clear. But I don't care what anybody says. For Sockacy to have a brand-new coach and to come that close to beating, at the time, a top-five team in the state of South Carolina in 5A football, and they only slid back to seven. I got my own thoughts of Sumter. I watched some scrimmage. I think they got some big dogs. But for Sockacy to come that close to be that competitive, well, there's some future right there. And they won't see a lot of Sumters on the rest of that schedule. They might see it at where you go on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Carolina Forest may have some guys. We'll wait and see what that quarterback does. I get he had a pretty good night the other night. Conway, I'm still looking, Tiger. I'm still looking. I'd like to see what that quarterback does. I think that quarterback's special. I think they got some dogs running around or some Tigers running around over there on the other side of that river. But we'll see. That's another game. But you know what's funny is that those two games alone, and we're going to go to break after this, Brandon, so get ready to play some music, and we'll go to break, stretch out, we'll come back and talk some more high school football or whatever you want to talk. If you want to call in, come on in now, 1-323-784-9681. That's the number to call in, get in, and hang out with us. That being said, a lot on the line for Sockacy and St. James, not just on the region, 
but on the Grand Strand, just alone down Homestown Road for bragging rights. Just alone down multiple highways within an arm reach. Cousins versus cousins, families versus families. It is going to be a battle come Friday night where these two teams square off. But the same thing is going to be happening at Conway and Carolina Forest. And these two teams are going to be playing for something totally different as well. Because as St. James is, it's the Conway. Because before there was a Carolina Force, there's always been a there's always been a Conway, but thanks to Carolina Force, it took a little bit of heart out of Saka Steve's community, a lot of heart out of that Conway community when it comes to speed and agility and some and some ballers. But it'll be interesting. We're gonna hit a quick break. We're gonna come back. We'll talk some more high school football here on the Grand Strand where Brandon Biscobing is at. We'll talk about his guys and then also down here in the Low Country. We're going to be talking some big games. I'm not going to talk too much because I got a big guy coming here, David Shelton. He's one of the best in the business. We'll be talking about a lot of big games here. I'll actually be broadcast at one on Friday night. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Southern Sports Central right here on Blog Talk Radio on a beautiful first night of October on a Thursday night, guys. We'll be right back. I got the horses in the back, horse stock is attached, head is mad at black, got the bushes black to match, riding on a horse, ha, you can whip your Porsche, I've been in the valley, you ain't been up off that porch now, can't nobody tell me nothing.
Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Young alongside Brandon Biscoping. Well, kind of, sort of, in a way, as I'm up here in the Charleston or down in the Charleston area. He's up on the Grand Strand. We're covering you from the top of the coast to the bottom of the coast here in the Palmetto State, where it is almost right at about, let's go, 13 hours from kickoff on week two of Friday Night Lights. A lot happening. There's a lot of great games going on there's a lot of great action going on we cannot wait we cannot wait to uh get everything up and running here tonight as we will continue to uh have all the conversations about all the big games that are coming up Uh, a couple of things that you're looking at i know uh those guys over at the high school south carolina high school uh page they do a great job uh promoting a lot of things getting you up to date again we'll, we'll wait and see i know some of the games that they're looking at you know for me that that we'll talk about at the 7 o'clock hour with uh, David is going to be that Woodland team traveling up there to Abbeville. Uh, that is going to be a big-time matchup. Also in uh, action, that's going to be in 2A football, up in 5A football up there in the upstate. This one could be a preview of the lower state championship, or excuse me, the upper state championship in 5A football is Gaffney and Dorman. Now, a lot of dogs are saying Dorman's going to win this one. Gaffney has been preseason at many to be the number one team in 5A football. So that one could be uh, one that you want to keep your eyes on. Hemingway and our good guy, Coach Smitty, and his boys over at C.E. Murray will, uh, will, will be playing one another. I think C.E. Murray, of course, took, a, took a, a tough loss to come out of the gates. But, uh, again, we'll wait and see what happens. I know over there by you, it's Dylan and Ainer. Ainer had a great season last year, but, boy, you got to have a lot – to bring to the table when you're playing against the uh, Dillon Wildcats. Those guys are legit. We've had a bunch of their dudes on here. One of their wide receivers is heading to Louisville, by the way. We'll see what they can do. The other game that I want to see is Malden versus T.O. Hanna. thought Malden had everything they needed. That's 4A football, but that's still solid football. And I know they've got the best cornerback in the state. He can go anywhere he wants to go. He's got offers by God everywhere. And they've got receivers all over the place. They've got a great secondary, not just that one man I just mentioned. But I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see how that works out. Kind of see how that game goes about and how can that team in the upstate, Malden, the Mavs, can uh, they bounce back from a very tough loss over the weekend, last weekend. And, of course, Sumter and Rock Hill. Now, if I'm not mistaken, Brad, I'm going to bring you back in here, but I think Rock Hill is a 4A school taking on Sumter, who's a 5A school. But you can't overlook that, that corridor up there, that, that outside of Charlotte talent, man. It's, it's impressive. It's on this side of the border. But Rock Hill, hey, they got some dudes. They got some dogs. I think that uh, that game might be a little bit closer than some think. Yeah, that, that one might be – and actually, Rock Hill uh... – Moved up to 5A this season. Uh, they're actually oh, they did move upper, up. Thank you. They're actually in an upper state uh, region this year. They're out over in uh, Region Four with Ridgeview and Blythewood and Spring Valley. And yeah, that that game will be interesting. I think um, that that matchup will be one that will certainly be, especially after what happened last week against Sacasti. That's going to be one that it's really going to show is some is Sumter for real or not. And then obviously next week is going to be the big matchup when it's Sumter, when it's Carolina Forest traveling out to Sumter. 
Wow. Yeah, that's going to be a big matchup there for sure. Now, the other matchup that I know uh, there are some guys that are going to be keeping an eye on up there in your area because I don't want to not talk about some of the games up there as we're uh, going to kind of focus uh, the next 25 minutes on the Grand Strand matchups coming up. Uh, you look at North Myrtle Beach at South Florence. Uh, that's a big game. But also another big game, thanks to North Myrtle Beach, knocking down the likes of Hartsville. They're going to be playing against West Florence. So, again, that 4A seems to be a very interesting weekend across the state of South Carolina. And that matchup is even more important. I think that's probably the biggest uh, – at least in 4A, that's definitely the most important matchup in the area because Hartsville lost to North Merrill Beach last week. So they're kind of trying to rebound and show that they're still one of the top teams in Region 6. But on the flip side, West Florence beat Wilson last week. And Wilson came into the season with a lot of hype. So it's a matchup to see, okay, who's the real deal? Is Hartsville really not as good as everyone thought? And is West Florence better than a lot of people thought? Or is it kind of going to even out this week? Pretty good assessment there. I like that conversation because here's what you don't know is that whether jitters coming out of week one, where there's a lot of rust, you know, again, we, we, we mentioned this in the SEC, the ACC, all the teams that have finally made their way, and there's still going to be a little bit of that going on, Brandon, with the Big Ten coming in, the Pac-12 mm-hmm. coming in, and any other conference decides to join this conversation called college football. But for me, but for me, I'm curious to see, are we going to see some different things from different high schools around the area? Now, I know we talked about Sacasti and, uh, and, and, and what's going on with them playing against the team uh, down the street in St. James. But, you know, there are massive matchups uh, around. Now, Myrtle Beach, uh, unfortunately – I think got the best draw of the teams and no knock to coach Noonan, who has now taken over the program at Georgetown, but he's got his work cut out. He knew that when he got there, it just it's kind of rebuilding, if you will, where he's at. And I think he'll be fine, but I just think he doesn't have, he just haven't had enough time. And I don't think COVID, uh, COVID didn't help him. And, and I think you're going to see some of that uh, coming up. Yeah, that, that, that's going to be a matchup that, you know, unfortunately it's, it's a pretty much a foregone conclusion that Merrill Beach is going to win that game. But I think Georgetown can kind of use this matchup as a way, uh, as a learning experience to see what they can do against one of the top teams in the state and to, you know, see see if they can do something as they head further their region play down in 3A. Um, one other matchup that I think is very interesting, I think it's a matchup that, should be pretty much a foregone conclusion on who's going to win this match. But the question is, does what happened last week affect it at all? And that's South Florence against North Merrill Beach. North Merrill Beach is coming off of a huge win against Hartsville last week. So do they kind of come in, you know, kind of drained from that high that they were on against Hartsville? I, I'm sure Matt Real has them ready. I'm sure Coach Real has them ready and and firing on all cylinders going into this game. But it is one of those games. South Florence is towards the bottom part of the region. And we saw it last year. Now, granted, this is a home game, so it's a little bit better for North Myrtle. But we saw something similar to this happen last year when North Myrtle traveled out to Darlington, who was one of the lower teams in the in the region, and they got beat. 
they they played a little too lackadaisically. They they got a little too complacent, and they got beat by the Falcons as a result. So this is one of those games. It's one of those kind of trap games. You always hear it in college, uh, but you know this could be kind of one of those trap games as well of where North Merle is coming in on that high, but kind of, you know, okay, we've got an easier game. We can kind of hold, you know, loosen up a little bit, and that's recipe for disaster. I don't think it'll happen, but it's something to keep an eye on. And did we lose Richie? Richie, you there? Nope, I'm here. Yeah, I'm okay. here. I'm here. So uh, I kind of muted the mic there because we're. I'm trying to go through some some stats and things, and I want to make sure that you know you don't hear anything in the background. Now that being yeah. said, you know, I think you nailed it. I, I think that there is a curiosity of uh, of realistically, what do we expect out of these teams that won last week? You know, there are some emotional games even down here in the Low Country. It was a Monday night to remember to open up high school football, which again. Congratulations to the high school league who comes out this thing smelling like roses because they got not one, not two, not three, but four great nights of football, right? Because we did mm-hmm. get to see, if I'm not mistaken, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Monday night football. It felt like college football to me, guys. It really <laughs> did. Think about opening weekend of college football. What happened? Mm-hmm. We start on Thursday. The final game is Monday night, Labor Day weekend in Atlanta. Is that right? Yep, that's what we got here. One game in Myrtle Beach. Oh, there was an upset. Oh, yeah, it was an upset on the Grand Strand. Yeah, right. And then yeah, up Green here, Floyd it was lost to uh, lost to Lake City or Lakeview, right. rather. So Lakeview, right? So so when you look at it, right? When you when you put everything together, you you say to yourself, "Wow, we got what we wanted." Twenty twenty has been hard on us. But we got a few gifts along the way. It was a pretty good night. Monday night, I was there. We were live on the radio. Eugene, he was checking in, doing his thing in the studio. I was checking in from the stadium. It came down to the final 45 seconds before we knew who was going to win that football game. Not to mention, at one point, Goose Creek had a mandatory lead of over 20 points or something to that round of going into the third quarter. But Berkeley who was coached up great, found a way back to get into the ball game with a safety and a field goal and a touchdown and a few other points. But we got all that we wanted on this weekend. So I tell you, week two, you better bring it because I can promise you week one brought it. Now you're going to get a pretty good idea between that Dorman and Gaffney game, between Fort Dorchester and Goose Creek, between North Myrtle Beach and South Florence. We're going to find out, is Hartsville really any good or is this a down season? Because guess what? They're going to be, have to find a way to get up against West Florida. We'll find out who's the big dog on the 501 corridor between Conway and the likes of Carolina Force. And, of course, you'll be reporting live from that game as I'll be at the Fort Dorchester game. And then there's this other conversation. Stratford, they find a way to win. Coach Denny finds a way to win, and we're going to try to get him in here tonight. He was our coach of the weekend when he has taken over the rim for a legendary coach, Stackley. When we talk about legendary coaches, you always want to be the guy that follows behind the guy, right? Nobody wants to go behind Nick Saban, but they want to go behind the guy that went behind Nick Saban. How hard was it to go behind Coach John McKissick? It was only fitting that his son, his grandson, Coach Call, did it 
who did a great job. But you want to be the guy that goes behind Coach Carr, right? I mean, that, that's kind of how it works in life. That's understandable, I guess. We'll go with that. But I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. There's so many headlines coming out of this weekend. It's winners trying to remain winning. It's those who came out of week one with a loss trying not to pick up another loss. And God hope you didn't get one in the region because I can promise you, almost but promise you, if you lose two games in the region, you're out. You're every game is a playoff game. Every game matters. And we say that to these kids. We were told that as kids. But, Brandon, you and I both know that as we cover high school Friday night lights, every time the light cuts on, you better be home and you better be ready to rock and roll and check in and don't check out until the zeros are on the board and the whistle is blown and the football's in the air by the referee calling it game over. And at that yeah. point, you better hope it's your team with the final points. Especially in 5A because there's only you only play four games in 5A. So you lose one of those games – that chance of you making one of those two spots drops significantly. You're exactly right. You have got to play. And I'm going to be honest, you mentioned 5A, but that's not just 5A. That's every A. You better be A-OK when it comes to playing football. You better be ready to rock and roll. You better not come out of the game because you're tired. You better come out of the game because something's falling off of you. And I'm talking bones. Because they – it is going to be indicative that you play the best game that you can play. You better practice like you ain't never practiced before. I say this all the time. And then if you ain't sweating, if you ain't sweating in September, I bet you'll be crying in November and definitely in December because you're not going to the playoffs. Oh, no. Here's what's happening in our state. Great football. They're taking the best of the best. There's no more of this number eight seed that's a 500 program finding a way into the playoffs just to be a tune-up game for the number one seed. Oh, no. We're only bringing in the dogs who could hunt during the season and find a way to get through the postseason. That number one seed is going to be playing another seed right behind them, but that seed is going to be a winning seed because they're going to be in the top one or two in that region they come from. It's going to be a lot like this. And I thought about this, Brandon going to be a lot like this if you're a high school athlete talk to a college athlete and they're going to tell you that when you go to college it doesn't matter that you were toast of the coast or the best of the best in your local magazine because guess what everybody in college is that that's why they're there that's what the playoffs are going to look like this year it's going to be the best of the best it's going to be the toast of the coast it's going to be those with the most everybody's going to be great that's why they made it there's no room for excuses. There's no room for taking a playoff. Oh, no. You're going to have to play four solid quarters of football. Now, I can't wait to get in here with David here in a little bit. By the way, David is uh, one of the best in the business when it comes to not only beat writers but just in general because this guy can, he can dial it up, man. This guy has done it multiple times for many years. I'm very blessed to have him come on tonight and talk football with us you know we always have that one guru that one guy or girl because i'm sure some ladies are out there somewhere writing for their local papers but david shelton he's with the post and courier he's a beat writer for charleston southern at the local college down here in the uh, big south the writer for the high school sports port just a blessing to have him in here he's going to talk about a lot of these big games that we're talking about i'm trying to stay away from the low country 
That's going to be a 7 o'clock report, Brandon. But there's so many great headlines. And, yeah, there are, see, uh, there are some conference, there's some regions. we got to mix it up here because I don't want to get college to, uh, to high school. Because in colleges, we call them conferences. In high school, we call them regions. It's just certain things. Which segues me into this final conversation here, this part of the broadcast of this, of course, uh, this segment. Brandon, the one thing I would like them to do during this unusual time is can we please look at some of the college rules and marry them into the high school rules? Because if we are preparing our young students inside a classroom for life outside of that classroom, why are we not preparing our athletes for that same lifestyle at the next level where they'll be participating in doing life at that level? For example, like okay. let's go right off the rip. There is no box when it comes to an intentional grounding in high school football. In college football, if you get outside the tackle, you could throw it away. It's not called intentional grounding. There is no box in high school. There's no pocket When it comes down to – there's absolutely no box in high school. If you throw it away and there's not a receiver within an arm's reach, that's an automatic loss of downs in intentional grounding. Their high school coaches don't even know that rule, Brandon. That's a true fact. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't I was, even know I, about that rule. And that, that that's – yeah, I don't like that at all because – you know, especially in today's right. game with how many scrambling quarterbacks there are, that's just a recipe for disaster because guys are going to be holding on to the ball longer and getting hit. Hey, what about this rule? Why is there different goalposts at Myrtle Beach High School, but they're not the same? Hey, I bet you at Sockety High School. Because in college, the width between one mm-hmm. to the other is shorter than in high school. Yep. There's a handful of rules that I think we need to really look at during this weird, awkward, unusual, trying, whatever verbs you want to use here, that we really need to look at, are we doing what we need to be doing and putting these young men in the best position that we can put them in to be successful, Brandon? Those now, are the questions now, I have. For, for the football or for the field goal one, I kind of understand why they have it where it's a little wider on high school fields than it would be on college because some of the kickers that aren't necessarily, you know, the, the big names that are going to be going to the next level, you know, you, you, you don't have your, uh, have your, um, you know, Zane Smith's and Sully Harden's out there on every team, you know, that does help them a little bit making those field goals that, you know, in you know, if it were a college game, it would either plunk or you know, you know, would miss entirely. That they might get a few, a, a few gimmies out of it. But um, you know, for the most part, you know, I I kind of agree with you, but I understand why why it's there. Is there, uh, Richie? Yeah, I got you. I'm just thinking here. I'm thinking, because here's my thought process to that, is if we had to sit there and we had to go through it, these guys had to practice at one point how to kick it in the original field goals. Why why not get them used to kicking this one? Yeah, there may be more field goals missed at first. But you know what? There's a lot more field goals missed at first anyways, because these guys don't, they don't know how to, they, they, they can't hit it. They had to practice. 
And again, that's just one of two of many rules that I just look at. And there are multiple rules. And one night, you and I, or even on your show, you and I, or just you, or just me, can go through and look at the differences. You probably could Google right now different rules from high school to college football. And I bet you you're going to get a surprising list of people tell you certain things. Now, I want to bring up one for – yeah, real quick, I'm going to bring up one that is – Outside of uh, football, since since we're on the subject, we need to get sure. a shot clock. Now you're talking basketball. Yeah. I thought they were bringing shot clocks to basketball. Not in that, South that Carolina. I think there was one school, I want to say maybe Georgia, I saw were considering bringing in its shot clock. Uh, but, right. yeah, not not in South Carolina yet. An interesting conversation. Guys, you got to follow us on Twitter at SO Sports Central. If you're not doing it now, all your friends are. Come on, be like your friends and join us. Follow us <laughs> on Facebook. That's Southern Sports Central. That's pretty easy. Remember, just because it's on the Internet, don't make it true. Saw something today. Jeez. <laughs> it's like driving down the road. I guess if you put it on the billboard, it makes it real. That's the best place to eat in town. <laughs> Do your research. Make sure there's a... Uh, credibility behind what you're reading. Just what I'm going to leave that little piece right there. Now, again, uh, a lot of great things going on. Uh, If you're following the camps that we support, that we love on, that we do things with, you know, you got to make sure that you're checking out uh, a couple of things. First of all, uh, coming up on the uh, 17th, you're going to have a chance to camp again with those guys up there in Charlotte, North Carolina, well, you know it. That's Carolina experience. A lot of dogs will be up there hunting, looking, doing their things. It's going to be right back up there at the same facility that they've been at. Very fortunate to have a very, very impressive sports place. That's up at Matthews, right outside of Charlotte. Recruiting, exposure, professional instruction, specific drills, competitive one-on-ones. Coverage will be, of course, uh, rival 24-7 ESPN and others. We have been a huge contributor, supporter, and uh, we appreciate all that they do. Uh, this one, this one kind of caught me a little bit today off guard as uh, we were trying to help them out a little bit, but they got something going on with Infinity. Now, local coaches, if you're up there in Virginia and they're around Richmond, make sure uh, on the uh, – I believe that's tonight. That's happening actually probably sometime around right now. 5.30 to 8 o'clock, they had a, uh, yeah, it's kind of like a coaching clinic going on. A little opportunity for these coaches to talk to some of these guys. I love what a lot of these guys are doing. I read up on a lot of things that are happening. And uh, I, I got to tell you, as long as you're doing it the right way, all day, baby. Southern Sports Central, Sports Central Network, the teams, the brands, the individuals that are on this show, along with Ken Brown and the high school, South Carolina High School Blitz, we will support it. But we got to make sure before we put our stamp on something. We're partnering up there with the guys from EP Training, Ramon Robinson, Coach McGowan, Coach Sullivan, a lot of other great coaches over there that are training the right way, doing it the right way, for the right reasons. Guys, that's one thing. I'm going to end with that before we go to break. Cue the music in a few minutes.
if you're doing it for the right reasons, you're doing it the right way all day long, you're going to have love and support. You're going to get all the push and pull you can get from me and my team. But when you go dirty and you start going another angle, I just say I ain't about that life. And the team that I've surrounded myself by, the circle is small, circle is tight, and I say it's right. We know what time it is. We know what we're doing. We know what we have to do. We know the angles that we have to go. And the best advice I can give you is this. Keep plugging. Keep dreaming. Keep chasing. Every Sam's did a great show. If you've never heard it on uh, Tuesday nights, he's right here on Southern Sports Central with the West Foundation Sports Show. He always has different co-hosts, different guests. He's a guy who played for the Conway Tigers right up there on the Grand Strand, right down the road from Brandon. I grew up with the guy. Played at Citadel Bulldog Days in college. Was a running back coach at NC State at the Citadel at the University of South Carolina, right there when Marcus Laudermore was around. Also took his talents to Texas with University of Texas, San Antonio. That one was pretty awesome. Come back home, did some stuff at Coastal last year. Now he's focused on mentoring, growing, and educating the youth. I think that's an awesome stance. Tuesday night, 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock, you can check out our shows. If you miss our shows, go to Southern Sports Central slash Log Talk Radio, and you can listen to all of our shows. Quick break. Come back to the guest line. We go. The man, the myth, and the legend, David Shelton, joins us next, guys. Don't go anywhere.
welcome back, everybody. I'm Richie. I'm alongside Brandon Biscobring. Brandon, of course, joins us live, of course, all the way up on the Grand Strand in Myrtle Beach. I'm actually heading as we speak right now to a football game myself. So you can hear the uh, the truck in the background there. But David Shelton, hopefully, going to be joining us here shortly. I believe he's on here with us now. So without further ado, I'll bring in the man, the myth, and a legend here in the state of South Carolina. And that, of course, is David Shelton. What's up, David? Hey guys, how's it going? Man, it's going good. I hear I hear him chanting in the background. I, you must be over at Oceanside, North Charleston, am I right? Yep. Uh, you know, uh, if it was a Friday night, I wouldn't be at this game. That's for sure. So, they, the fact they play on a Thursday it gives me an opportunity to get a look at Oceanside, and um, and uh, I may not get to see them until they play hand in hand. So, I'd like to get a look at them. Yeah, no doubt. Now, David, you you and I know Joe really well. Joe called the new head coach over there at Oceanside, man. How weird is it to see him in green on the sideline? Have you had that chance to talk to him yet? I have not talked to him, but I I do see him down there dressed in all black, and it definitely is different. Uh, you know, that's a guy that grew up with green and gold from the time he was born uh, up until last uh, November. So, uh, wow. yeah, it looks different. Uh, but, but, you know, he's happy. He's he's uh he's happy with the choice he made and he's got a good football team, good program. Yeah, he definitely does here. They'll be looking for win number two after beating Bishop England last Saturday night. It started on Friday with a quarter and then they got the final three done on Saturday. Uh, David, you and I got to hang out Monday night, but let's recap the four days of football. While we had to wait for high school football to kick off, I, I, I think I was telling you, you know, it felt a lot like college to me as they start on a Thursday, end on a Monday. I mean, you know, it's going to be hard for week two to follow up, but they're going to give it uh, their best shot with, of course, Fort Dorchester and Goose Creek in the upstate. You've got uh, another big-time five-day matchup with uh, uh, the likes of uh, Gaffney and Dorman. But uh, kind of give me a recap of what you thought of last weekend. Well, what I thought of last weekend was there's a lot of water. Uh, it was uh, it would have been better for a surfing competition or a fishing competition because it, uh, it was wet. Uh, I was at the Somerville Strapper game. It was totally wet on that field. Don't know that they should have played that game, but they did. Uh, and then even uh, a Monday night, Berkeley Goose Creek, it was wet. Not near as bad as it was at Somerville. Their field, Berkeley field, kind of held up pretty good. And, you know, saw a pretty good football game, a lot of mistakes, a lot of first-game mistakes. And I think that's what we saw over the over the state. Even the good teams made some mistakes, but it was game one. You're going to start seeing teams play a little more consistent. Tomorrow night will be a big night uh, with those two top ten matchups. And, uh, you know, so week one, basically what it was. You know, it, it's what it always is. You, a lot of mistakes, a lot of penalties, a lot of turnovers. Uh, not always the best team wins. Uh, it's the team that plays the best on that night. And, and uh, that's what we saw with a couple of games. We're live right now with, of course, uh, the man who does a phenomenal job covering it, not only right here helping us out on Southern Sports Central, is David Shelton. He's uh, with the Posting Courier and a ton of other great institutions to bring it all around from the low country to the upstate and in between. But now, David, when you look at, you know, some of the things, what was the biggest surprise? I know you mentioned Somerville uh, and Stratford. Uh, Coach Denny picks up a big win. You know, we talk about Coach Call taking over the rims of his grandfather, but you know what, Coach Denny, he's falling behind a pretty big name as well, and I think that has to be his biggest win up to date. Well, it's the first time he's beaten Somerville uh, since 1995 when he was a player at, at Stratford. So, uh, 
they they have beaten Stratford has beaten Somerville, but Denny had not. So uh, you know, Denny Denny came in after uh, Joe Marion, uh, the Joe Marion experience for four years after Ray Stackley, and uh, you know, Denny's heart's at Stratford. His his heart and soul and mind is all Stratford. Uh, played there, coached there. Now he's a head coach. Um, but yeah, it was a big win. I, I'm not I'm not totally sure that that they're better that they're the better football team. I think Somerville's really got a chance to be pretty good. Um, you know, that's why if I were Somerville, I would not have played Friday night. I would have waited and got on a dry field, and uh, their passing game just wasn't there. But I tell you what, Strapper's quarterback Josh Davis and his receiving core did a very good job on a bad field. I mean, Davis was 18 out of 23, um, and one of those was definitely a drop. So, he was on target. He's a good football player. I know he's going to Clemson to play baseball, but he's a he's a pretty good high school quarterback. Yeah, David, I was going to say, you and I are some baseball guys as well as football, but uh, this cat can swing a baseball. But he proved Friday night all the way up to midnight mass, Friday night football style, that he can swing that rocket around as well. Now, unfortunately, we you know, they lost a young man who's a basketball guy and a football guy. But, you know, I got, I got to bring him up because I thought this receiver, number five, was a huge, huge role of how they were able to even be in this game. Catching some passes, almost like a video game where they had paused it in the middle of the air and catching it behind him. You know, tell me a little bit about this young man. I know you know uh, a little bit more about him than we do. Yeah, uh, David Washington was, uh, you know, he's kind of the forgotten man and those receivers, because they have Demarius Anderson, who's, you know, uh, a Division One commit. Uh, and a lot of teams are paying a lot – they're going to pay a lot of attention to Demarius. So, having having Washington out there really gave them a second option. And he's hard to cover one-on-one, which you basically got to do if you're going to double up Demarius. And, uh, unfortunately, he had a huge game. And, unfortunately, right at the – in the fourth quarter, he uh, suffered a leg injury that's going to – you know, it was it was pretty nasty. And – uh, he's going to miss the rest of the year. That's going to change their offense a good bit. I mean, this guy was a was a really good football player, and I, like I said, you know, he took he took a lot of the attention off Demarius. So, uh, and could was that second option guy that could be a first option guy, and now they don't have him. So teams are going to have a little bit of an easier time defending that passing game uh, without him. But it's unfortunate he's a senior. Um, and really an unknown, and he was boy he made he made himself known uh, a Friday night because he had a really good game. Well, I have a David Shelton who covers uh, the Low Country Friday Night Lights better than anybody, not just here in the Low Country, but across the state of South Carolina. Uh, David, you know another team I want to look at, and I had a chance to watch them firsthand was Ashley Ridge. They get a new coach. Uh, the hustle never stopped from the time the whistle blew to the time the zeros hit the board. I can say that Shea Filler was definitely welcomed in by the best team in the low country, and that was Fort Dorchester bringing them in in their backyard. But a lot of positive. They saw the running back game pretty good. They got a transfer kid from West Ashley. Well, how cool is this? It looks like Ashley Ridge will play West Ashley. This quarterback will play his former school. Tell me about these two teams, 1-1 one, one big, which was West Ashley over – uh, Stall and, uh, of course, Ashley Ridge learned a lot, but took a big loss over on Saturday night. Yeah, I, I think I think the West Ashley Ashley Ridge game is going to be very competitive. I, I, I'm not saying that either of these two teams are, you know, they're they're not going to be playoff teams. They're not they're not uh, to that level, but I think they compare to each other pretty well. 
I think there's a, you know, Bobby Marion is on that staff at Ashley Ridge, and he's the former coach at, at West Ashley. So you said the quarterback, uh, Connor Black, is the, is the former quarterback at West Ashley. Um, so, so I think there's a lot of uh, interesting storylines there. Um, you know, two new head coaches. I tell you, West Ashley, I, I got their stat sheet today uh, from their game against Stahl, and I know Stahl is not a powerhouse, but for a first game, that Donnie Keeper's offense put up big numbers in the passing and rushing game. Uh, and he, you know, he came from a team where he won two state championships at Green Sea Floyd. So Donnie knows what he's doing. And I was, I was wondering if they had the horses. Uh, and, and again, it was stall and Ashley Ridge will be a, a different story, but I tell you what, he had him going, he had him clicking on all cylinders the other night. So I look for that game to be a pretty competitive game. We've got David Shelton with us live right now, catching up with us on Friday Night Lights. He's had a Thursday night game. Oh, by the way, it's a brand-new stadium, David. Uh, does it? Does, what does it compare for those who have been to Wando? Is it almost a mere image of the same as you're there at the home of North Charleston tonight as they'll host Oceanside? Uh, it's similar to, to Wando. It's, it's, it's very – Wando's probably a little more uh, – got a little more glitz to it. Uh, but I'll tell you what. You know, they got full concessions, full bathrooms, big stadium that holds 6,000 people, a uh, huge press box. Um, you know, I mean, it, I mean, it's a pretty nice, a big video board, scoreboard. It's a, you know, it's $22 million worth of football stadium. So they did a good job putting this thing together for these four schools. And it'll be a great, it'll be a great venue in the spring for soccer and lacrosse and things like that. going to be a good night tonight for football. as Oceanside and the Land Sharks have invaded North Charleston. And North Charleston trying to figure out their first win of the night as they take a tough win there on that same field against Hanahan. Now, let's talk about Art Craig a little bit. Hanahan, uh, what's your thoughts of uh, Coach Craig? He comes in for Timberland. Doesn't look like he's killed the beat, man. They're a lot more advanced than I thought they were after watching some scrimmages against a team uh, out of Stratford. Yeah, I mean, that's, Art's going to win. Art's going to win wherever he goes. And it, I don't know what he's going to win this year. I mean, he, I mean, honestly, the, the region championship will probably come down to them and Oceanside when they play. Um, you know, I, I definitely think they're going to be one of the most improved teams. they got a really good running game. Uh, their, their defense got some weaknesses, but got a couple of really good players. Um, you know, North Charleston was a good opener for them because it allowed them to, to kind of focus on that running game. They'll have, to, they'll have to be able to throw it a little bit against some other teams, but you know, the way the schedule sets up, I think they're going to have uh, significantly more wins than they will losses. And uh, and then moving forward over the next couple of years, they got a little running back, uh, Rivera, that's a freshman that's going to be a really special player. And, uh, you know, you give Art Craig a running game and he's going to beat your butt. And, uh, and they're going to have a running game in Hanahan. Now let's talk about another new coach on the uh, Low Country side. It's Coach Rocco. Rocco, of course, won a big one on uh, his opening night over at Wando. Talking about that stadium, I believe they'll be hosting uh, the Berkeley team, who's coming off of uh, what we thought when you and I were watching the game at some point. So this one was going to be a big win for Goose Creek. But, of course, we showed a lot of different guts and never gave up and ended up being a two-point loss. Now they'll take that over to Berkeley, or excuse me, they'll take it over to Wando. Well, what's your thoughts on this game? And, and I think you kind of talked to me about it off the, uh, off the air earlier this week about this game could decide who wins that re- – well, who finishes second in that region, excuse me. Yeah, yeah, I think that this is a huge game for both those teams because, you know, we're going to see how it plays out. But if you just kind of look ahead, 
both these teams are as good as everybody else in the region except Goose Creek. So only two teams go to the playoff. Uh, and, it, you know, if I was laying money, it would be one of these two teams. Uh, one of these two teams is going to be the second-place team. So I definitely, I definitely think this is going to be a huge game. Uh, people probably aren't really thinking of it. But, I mean, again, it's a short season. It's a different world. You don't know how many games you're going to get in, and uh, and these are the next two best teams. So I know Stratford probably feels like they can play with them, and maybe they can. But but I definitely, in my mind, I, I think they're the the next two best teams behind Goose Creek. Uh, I think Goose Creek significantly better than both of them. Um, but so that's a huge game. I mean, uh, the winner you got to win the rest of them, but uh, or at least win all of them except Goose Creek. But in a place in a in a game like Berkeley. A team like Berkeley, you know, they're already down 0-1, uh, and they can't fall behind. They can't get two losses and, and go to the playoffs, not in that region. I just don't see it happening. Live right now with David Shelton with the Post and Courier, getting us up to date on the upcoming games tomorrow night. Of course, we are uh, talking about 5-8. Before we talk about that mega matchup here in the Low Country, which a lot of eyes will be over at the court, I'll be there. Pretty sure you'll be there. We'll be talking about the, uh, the likes of the Goose Creek Gators coming in there, and, again, it's going to be – the battle between Dorchester County and Berkeley County. The showdown will happen tonight at 7.30. But what other game, before we talk about that game, David, are you looking forward to tomorrow night around the low country that you're kind of going to have your eyes looking down on the phone in between uh, the plays? Well, I'll, I'll be paying attention to the Berkeley-Wando game. I'll be paying attention to the Cross-Baptist Hill game. Um, I think that's going to be a huge game in Class A down here. That's that's probably the two best Class A teams down here. Um Probably, uh, you know, I think Somerville and Stahl, I don't, I don't think that'll be close. So I think Ian Rafferty will, will get his first win. Um, and I would say the Stratford Cane Bay game. I, I think that, I think that'll be an interesting game. I mean, if Cane Bay wants to consider themselves a team that can be in the playoffs, they certainly got to beat their Berkeley County rival. So um, it's not a huge night. I mean, it is, there's a couple of big games around the state, like you mentioned, uh, Dorman Gaffney, but, you know, down here, the, all eyes are on uh, are on the Goose Creek uh, Fort Dorchester game for sure. Well, tell me, since you kind of alluded there, great segue. That game tomorrow night, seven thirty. I, I know we've had a great uh, amount of water come through since Monday and Tuesday. The storm, my gosh, it poured down on Tuesday. But uh, give me your breakdown. What are the keys to victories, in your opinion, between Goose Creek and, and what are the uh, Patriots need to do to maintain that supremacy here in the Low Country. Well, I think it's a very, I think they're very evenly matched. They both have sophomore quarterbacks. Uh, the Fort Dorchester kid Osborne's got a little bit, a uh, little bit more experience, probably a little better all-around player. But I thought the Goose Creek kid Drew Moore showed some good things on um, Friday, on Monday night against Berkeley. Uh, they both can run the football. They both lean on their big offensive line. So neither team has a huge size advantage. Um, both teams are really good in the secondary, uh, you know, and the, the edge might go to Fort Dorchester at linebacker. They've got three really good linebackers. I, I think it's going to be a very competitive game. I think turnovers will be big. You know, you may see a special team score of some sort. Both teams are really good on the return game. Um, so, I, you know, they're very evenly matched. I, I like Fort Dorchester slightly over Goose Creek. Somebody was texting me earlier, and, I, you know, I, I call it like a 28-20 game. But uh, I definitely think it could be competitive. And if it's not competitive, if it's a blowout one way, Fort's going to blow Goose Creek out if there is a blowout. 
I don't see Goose Creek, you know, being able to just to just run it up on on the fort. But but again, I don't think it's going to be that way. I think it's going to be a very competitive game. I tell you what, it would be 2020-ish if it was uh, anything else but a great game between these two teams who have kind of been the heavyweights here in the last few years around the low country. We're live. David Shelton down there live at North Charleston. He's at the new facility. Uh, North Charleston welcomes in Oceanside and Coach Joe Call as he is now taking over the Sharks of uh, Oceanside. Now, uh, the other last game that I didn't uh, get a chance to ask you about was Woodland. I picked up a game late. I think it's Abbeville. That's a pretty big matchup in 2A football. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, you know, this is definitely uh, Woodland. You know, this was a game thrown together really quick because Abbeville had a cancellation up there and, I think Woodland had an open date, so Woodland's going to Abbeville. First time they've ever been in that environment. And, and you know, Abbeville won four consecutive state championships before getting beat last year in the playoff. And Woodland has never played a team like this. This is going to be good experience for them. Um, you know, they're going to have to line up and tackle because Abbeville's going to run that ball down their throat. And uh, but, but Woodland's going to throw it around a little bit. So it'll be good for Abbeville to see that kind of offense. Because uh, they'll see it, you know, at some point during the season in the playoffs, a, a spread offense, and and Woodland throws it as throws it and catches it as well as anybody around. So uh, that's an interesting interesting matchup. But you know, Woodland's defense is really young and and a lot of new faces, and it's going to be you know you're talking about the A town Abbeville is is one of the top five or six atmospheres in all of high school football in South Carolina. So it'd be a good experience for those guys. David, final thing before I get you out, but I know you got to go cover that game, man, and I know you got a deadline or two to get to. But what rules are different this year coming in? With uh, we've got a week under our belts, but for those who are listening, who are curious, yes, it's a shorter season. Yes, there's only two teams that are getting in. Any other changes that we need to be aware of coming into uh, the rest of the season? No, only the you know the changes that were implemented last year. Uh, the, the big thing is the play clock is going to start a little quicker um, than, than it had in the past. They're not going to wait for them to, you know, set the ball and all that other stuff. They're going to get speed the game up a little bit. But in terms of the pandemic and the, and the new, you know, the biggest things were uh, the shorter schedules and the, and the cut in half of the playoffs for the teams, and, and which takes away one round of the playoffs as well. So uh, it'll be a more condensed version of the playoffs, which like we talked about, you know, you got to be in the top two and or you don't go. And it could be a really good third-place team in some of these conferences not make the playoffs, but that's just that's the situation we're in. No doubt. It's going to make playoffs a lot more interesting because you're not going to have what they would say a cupcake entrance uh, that some of these 500 teams find a way to get in. David, thank you so much for all that you do, man. Uh, what was your thoughts, by the way? You saw that five-star guy. You're a Clemson Tiger fan. For those who don't know, this guy is a, a diehard Tiger guy, but you lose a five-star guy back in the day, you're panicking, man. But you Tigers, I'm sure you got three or four other five-stars just waiting on the opportunity, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's unfortunate because I think he, he's going to be – he was going to be in for a great career. But, you know, losing two grandfathers in the span of a month and, and being away from home, you know, it's it's hard on a 19-year-old kid. I mean, I mean, you take away the football part and you put life involved and it's hard. He wasn't. He was not unhappy, from what I understand. He loved Clemson, and he and he was going to be a player. I mean, he was going to get a shot. Uh, but you're right. For most programs, you lose a guy like that. It really sets you back. Um, I mean, you lose. South Carolina lost uh, 
Marshawn Lloyd, the running back, and, and their running game just took a total hit. But at Clemson, you got four or five guys waiting um, in the wings, and you recruiting, you know, you got two committed that are really good. So, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, they'd like to keep him, but you really can't blame the kid for what he's been through uh, from a family situation. No doubt about it. David, man, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow night over at the Fort. Stay safe. Glad you're doing well, man. I think it's good for your health and mine, man, to get this high school football up and running. And do us a favor. Yeah. Keep an eye on Eugene. He's somewhere down there on the sideline. Make sure he's in that chair. Lord. They have a designated chair for him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I tell you what, I, they, I, need a, I need a rope to take care of that guy because that guy's crazy. <laughs> no doubt, buddy. We'll see you tomorrow night. Thanks for always helping us out, buddy. Okay, man. Take care. All right, guys, there you go, the man, the myth, and a legend. I'll tell you what, Dave is one of the great guys that does a phenomenal job. I mean, no matter when I call him, when I reach out to him, he's always willing and, and just always wanting to help me out, to say, Rich, whatever I can do, let me know. I'd love to jump in, man. And, and I'm going to tell you what, for a guy who's there, he has is, he is dealt with a lot during the off season uh, with some health scares. He's been able to get through it, which has been great. But, uh, you know, as you watch – Guys like him, I just feel like sports is not only helping him out, it's helping a lot of those who have dealt with health scares and health issues uh, just, you know what, make us feel a little bit better about what's going on. So uh, we look forward to tonight, and I'm getting ready uh, here in a minute, and I may turn it over to you for a little while, Brandon, if you don't mind, kind of hanging out for about 20 minutes. I can get in the gate here, then we'll be coming live from a JV and a B-team game. And, of course, I'm going to get Eugene to call in in a minute, so we'll get some live action from that. And then at 8 o'clock, we're going down to the Hilton Head Buford area where we'll get one of those gurus to call in and check in, Brandon. But uh, I'm good for a little while. I'll let you know here in just a minute. But uh, let's do – we'll stay tight. About 728, Brandon. Keep an eye on the clock over there in the studio. We'll head to a break, and that's where we'll transition, bud. Sounds good. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a fun couple of weeks. That's a fun couple of days as well, that's for sure. What, what was your thoughts, though? You heard David, you know, Shelton, who, again, he's one of the best in the biz. I, I can't take it away from him. But what was your thoughts uh, of all that he said, man? You, you, you've heard a lot of guys. I know y'all have got some good gurus down there in that side of the world. But uh, what, what was your thoughts when you started hearing some of the things that he was kind of putting out? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with a lot of things that he was saying. One thing I was actually doing while uh, we were talking to him, I was actually looking over at the uh, at the playoffs, at the brackets, or at least I'm assuming these are accurate, the brackets over on the SEHSL website. And one thing that I noticed that's very interesting is that because of there only being seven regions in 4A, the uh, lower state bracket has two at-large bids. And I could definitely see both of those at-large bids being covered by six, uh, region six teams. So you could see four teams from the grand slash grand slash PD going into the playoffs this season, in spite of the back on teams in, in the playoffs this season. Yeah. Because of the factor that there is, um, well, what's the right word? Uh, there, there's just, uh, some uneven numbers. Let's go with that. Mm-hmm. One. You know, um, I think you really have to kind of put in perspective that there is going to be some, some, some differences, right? Not all regions have, you know, the same amount of teams. Mm-hmm. Not all regions have strengthened teams. 
because I hate to do this, but I'm going to do this. I'm going to go on a limb and tell you that Dutch Fork is not in the toughest region in the state of South Carolina. No. They're just not. But neither is Clemson in their conference. No. But they both find ways to win. And when they Mm -hmm. play teams, they win. They beat teams and blah, blah, blah. We know the story. And the rest is continuing to be history, made as this coach, Max, is the real deal. All that being said, the best way to, well, handle business is to beat the business. And the business, of course, (laughs) Judge Fork. It was on Monday night that Ken Brown, he is the guy over there with the South Carolina High School Blitz, my partner, he made the comment that everybody at Dorman and Gaffney were waiting to see who was going to play Dutch Fork. And I quickly said, hold the press there, yeah, fella, because there's a couple of teams down here in the low country that are quietly handling business. Mm-hmm. I, think you could watch, I think you could watch a team out of Sumter get better every week. I think you can watch a team out of the likes of, uh, let's go – I wouldn't even say Carolina Force. Yeah, I was just going to say Carolina Force is one of those teams that – Carolina you know. Force, right? But then, but then you look up here or down here because you're on the upside. I'm down here on the lower side of this coastline. And is this Creek – are they good? We'll find out how good they are because they're going to face a top ten team, four in one poll, five in another poll, and number one in their own poll. We'll wait and see how good they are. And they'll be seeing the light. Uh-huh. A fort, it scores uh, the fourth. Winner of that game is going to be – more bragging rights than anything because it's different regions, different sides of the county. But you wait and see, Brand. It's going to be a very interesting matchup tomorrow night. There will be some separation. Abbeville and Woodland, again, different regions, but definitely an opportunity for the athletic director up at Woodland, Coach Cyber, to see who's legit and who's not legit. Who's good, who's not good. And, again, I, I shouldn't say that word because that hurts people's feelings, but that's just reality. Yeah. We'll wait and we'll see. You know, we'll wait and see how this thing kind of works out. If I'm going to start getting quiet because I'm walking by a tennis match. I think you're supposed to be quiet in a tennis match. I'm going to turn it over to you real quick and uh, let you take us a break. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll take a quick break and uh, come right back, talk some more uh, high school sports. Uh, we'll have uh, Justin Jarrett from Low Country Sports uh, coming on locosports.com coming on in just a little bit. Uh, so we'll take a quick break and come right back. We've got him online, so we're ready to roll right here on Southern Sports Central.
welcome back as we have Justin Jarrett from Low Country Sports on the other side. Justin, how's it going? Justin, you there? No, I think you got me, but I think he's an eight o'clock guest. I apologize. I probably should have sent that to oh, you, okay. man. Well, uh, you know, another, uh, we got another caller on the line. So is that an eight six four? That may be. No, it's eight eight zero three. It's eight zero three. All right, we'll go to the eight zero three and let's see who we got. It's the one and only Matthew. Richie. You ought to know who this is. I figured it was Matthew Scott. You know, he does have, by the way. By the way, he does have his big-time matchup uh, coming up this weekend, the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association annual softball game where uh, COVID tried to throw a little curveball, but, boy, did they hit that one out of the park, man. Uh, what's up, Mr. Matthew? How's business up there uh, in the uh, – well, I guess outside the capital city? <laughs> everything's good, man. Uh, just getting some last-minute stuff finalized. I'm getting everything prepared for – Southern Sports Central to make their debut at the 2020 Sky to Softball game as well. We've got a full group of players ready to come swing for a good cause, and it's all going to be fun. Yeah, it should be a good time as you guys get ready to uh, do it for the right reason. You know, uh, you can tell I got my mask on. I'm actually out here uh, watching a local uh, JV and a B team game uh, as we're covering it down here. Uh, on the sides, and of course, uh, we've got our other guy, Eugene Benton. He's actually going to come to us live all the way at North Charleston, as North Charleston is hosting Oceanside. So, uh, you know what, man? We asked for football. We got football. So, what are we doing? We're bringing it to you live all the way from the B team to the JV squad to so some varsity football all in one night. Of course, we're talking with Matthew Scott. He is the founder of the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Softball Game, the annual softball game. This is our seventh year. Is that right, Matthew? Seven years, it's hard to believe it's gone this far, you know, but it's its something that I've been truly thankful to take it this far into, you know, hosting this event. And it's been very, I've been very fortunate and been very blessed to have encountered with numerous people as far as promoting this event, trying to raise money and things like that. Now, now, so let's get everybody caught up. You guys, of course, originally were at one field due to the factor that, uh, you know, we had some rules and stipulations of COVID. You guys had to move the softball game from one field to the other field. Meanwhile, you've got, I mean, what, 30 different individuals ready to play in this matchup coming up? Pretty much, yeah. Everybody's ready to rock and roll. You know, Saturday's the big day. But, yeah, we had a little tweak in things. You know, of course, COVID tries to play a – well, with it, but as you said earlier, uh, I would try to throw us a curveball, but we handled it properly. We tried to adapt every single way possible. So, to get to the main point, we will be playing at the Buford Recreation Center in Buford, South Carolina. Even though the address says Lancaster, South Carolina, we are in Lancaster County. It's still my area, I guess you could say. You know, we're still on that schedule. We're going to have a good time, and more importantly, you guys over there at Sports Southern Sports Central are going to be broadcasting to the people live. Yeah, it's going to be a, a good time and a time well we have waited for to finally get this thing underway. And, of course, uh, we will uh, be looking forward to uh, bringing it to you live right here on Southern Sports Central. It will be our Saturday night matinee. Stay tuned 
for more information as uh, we will get that to you here shortly. But again, when you start to kind of look at some of the headlines, and again, there's been a lot of headlines and now even more headlines uh, with what you guys are doing. What, what are just some of the things, some of the biggest obstacles, Matthew, every year, you guys should be writing a book, by the way, and each chapter it should tell you certain things. What would you say on this year? <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's always been a learning experience each year, but honestly, this year itself has been a learning experience. Uh, you know, we've had to overcome the little switch of fields obstacle. We're trying to still make sure we accommodate everybody as to the best of our ability. Well, you know, knowing me, Richie, as you've heard me say, I can be a little bit of a mastermind behind this operation, and I will pull out every single stop that I can. Live right now is Matthew Scott. He is the founder, the man, the myth, and as we always like to say, the legend. And he is a legend. This young man was a young boy when he first came on this show seven years ago. And he got an itch seven years ago to put together something to not just bring all of us closer together, but to educate us while doing it. And he's telling everybody from my voice to your ears that diabetes is not a disability. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for you to learn how to handle living life by God throws every opportunity for positive your way. And on Saturday, under the lights, is that still happening, by the way? Is it still under the lights, Matthew? Still under the lights. We are... They say the lights come on, the the show is starting. Well, it's going to be a big night. Now, what is the capacity and the rules for those who want to travel to this new facility that you guys are going to be hosting it from? And you know what? I think it's awesome. I think it's awesome because with diabetes comes challenges. With, with, With what you have dealt with since you found out that you were dealing with this, has come every challenge across the book. It's only fitting that you were challenged in year seven, but you were challenged three years ago as well, Matthew. This isn't anything new to you, brother. How, what is the capacity on Saturday night? Is there a certain number that you're only uh, allowed to put in the stands? I was not given a certain number, honestly. Uh, as this is a rec, the rec complex, they it's very spaced out. Uh, so the best way I can encourage is come one, come all, bring your lawn chairs, sit out, you know, and come enjoy some celebrity softball hosted by the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association with former Gamecocks, Tigers, you name it. We got it all. It's going to be one spectacular event. Uh, the only thing I encourage for everyone to do is when have a mask on you just when it comes to roaming around the facility and just doing the meet and greet with the players, the auction table, stuff like that. We're going to try to make sure we do the best of our ability to put on one heck of a show for you and a heck of a show for the listeners at home. Uh, for those coming to the field this year, just as a clear uh, update, we were limited on concessions. So just we just want to put that word out there as far as food is concerned. Uh but everything else, I mean, Richie, as you know, you've heard me say it, I will adapt to whatever challenge I can just to get this one thing in. It's going to be fun. You can tell I'm excited because, I mean, look, I mean, hey, we got, I got one more night and it's showtime come Saturday morning. 
We're live right now with Matthew Scott. He is, of course, uh, the founder, the voice, the man behind this amazing event. It's going to be taking place on Saturday night, right over, of course, in a new facility and a new opportunity and a new community, and that is God working at its best. When the devil pushes, you push back, and boy, did Matthew Scott do just that. It was on Monday and Tuesday. Ladies and gentlemen, we didn't even know if this was going to happen. But you know, there were two individuals that knew it was going to happen, and that was Matthew Scott and the big Lord above. Matthew, man, i got to tell you, brother, you're not just doing it. You're showing it. You're living it. You are definition of it can't happen, and that is success. When a man who deals with diabetes every morning, every night, and the hours in between, young man. I appreciate it, you know, and it's not just me. As you know, all credit to the good Lord above. He's put me in this position for a reason. You've heard me say before, Richie, you know, uh, I encourage everybody to come out to the Buford Recreation Center this Saturday, 4073 Curly Walters Road, and link with the the address has it under 4073 Hurley Walt- Walters Road, Lancaster, South Carolina, with a zip code of 29720. I hope to see everybody there because we are going to be ready to see you all there. Well, guys, it doesn't get any better than that. Matthew Scott stopping by on a Thursday night of uh, high school football across the state of South Carolina. Saturday night under the lights, they'll be playing some softball, raising some awareness, some money. Oh, there's a few raffle things to give away, Matthew. Let's talk about the raffle, buddy. How does that work, and uh, how do those around us get involved to get some of those great items that you guys are going to be giving away come Saturday night? Well, Richie, as you've done seen, there is a pair of beautiful cleats made by DeLuccio Footwear out of New York. New York. Uh, he get, made us a pair of size 11 and a half please that will be up for a raffle this Saturday. You can purchase a raffle ticket for just a few dollars. All proceeds go to the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association. And we will have auction items on sale from football helmets to whatever you can think of. And even we will have a mystery baseball uh, giveaway deal I guess you could say. I don't know if you want to call it a giveaway but you can buy a Mystery baseball, you can pick one, pick a bag, two bags, whatever you want. You can buy one for five, two for t- or two baseballs for $10. You can find baseball names such as Ozzy Albies for all you Atlanta Braves fans out there, legendary manager Tony La Russa, and hey, for all you Gamecock fans out there, I even have a signed baseball by two legendary running backs by the names of George Rogers and Marcus Lattimore. You can find, if you're lucky enough, you got to come find them. I got to love it, man. You hear the voice, you hear the excitement, you hear the optimism about this amazing seventh year of South Carolina Youth Softball Diabetes Association Awareness Night. That's going to be Saturday night. That's going to be with a lot of us right here. They've got a lot of action going on. Matthew, brother, enjoy this night. Get some rest. You're going to need it. And uh, you and I will talk, uh, if not later tonight, which we probably will, by the way, once I get off the air and Back to the house because I got a lot of prep work for tomorrow night's football game. We'll talk for sure during the day tomorrow, buddy. I'm proud of you, man. I love you. I, I am very thankful for you and your family who have welcomed not only myself, but my entire Southern Sports Central production family a part of this. And we can't wait to catch up with you guys here in about 48 hours. It's going to be a blast, Richie. I appreciate you for giving me the opportunity to 
beat march to my own drum and wave my flag around. <laughs> you know, it's been a true blessing. All glory to the man above, as always. Richie, I thank you very much. Much love to you, my friend. You got it, my man. There you go, right there. That is Matthew Scott. He is the founder of the South Carolina Youth Diabetes Association softball, the annual softball game. It's going to happen tomorrow night. It's going to be, excuse me, check that. Don't get excited. Don't go tomorrow night because you'll be disappointed or you'll be waiting a long time in the parking lot tailgating for another 24 hours. Because it's actually going to take place on Saturday. We'll get you more information here in just a few on our Twitter page, at SO Sports Central, and on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. Now, you've heard him, Brandon, before, I'm sure. You, you've uh, been tagged in a handful of things that he's doing. You know, when you get guys like him that have the passion that he has and the drive that he has, it's an amazing thing. Because, yes, we talk football, but we also talk softball and baseball and soccer and swimming and anything else because it has to do with the young people and educating and entertaining. But you just got to love a guy that's got a heart like that. He has every reason to be down on himself because he's a baseball guy. But realize quickly that God put him in a leadership role off the field and not a leadership role on the field, but he's taken it and he's ran with it, buddy. Yeah, I mean, I I, I have similar experiences. When, as soon as I, you know, as a young kid, I knew I wasn't going to be able to be on the field, so I moved myself up into the booth. Well, I'll tell you what, you've done a great job up that way. That's, and that's kind of a key. You know, I thought myself that I would be playing baseball after my days in college, playing for a Power Five big-time school, that I would have all the, the ins and outs of things that, that, that are out here. But, you know, God said, hey, wait a minute, Rich. You've got a lot of knowledge. You've got a lot of experience. You've got a lot of ups and downs and all arounds. And most of all, you've got what is known as an opportunity. And we're going to give you that opportunity to put it on a radio format. Of course, that's what I get a chance to do tonight. And that is bring in, you know, educating, you know, guys like him and guys like you and, and other individuals like Everett Sands, you know, like the high school blitz and, and, and so many. I mean, I can't forget Clinton Robinson Sr. You know, this is the guy that spends Friday nights on TV with me doing Friday Night Lights, and then you turn around and he does a show on Saturday. Then he turns around and does a show right here on Southern Sports Central on Sunday night. So, I mean, the hours that we give in, I got to be honest with you, it's sometimes easier to play sports than it is to do what we do for the preparation that we put in. Not only that, but, you know, all of the prep that we have to do, keeping track of everything, you know, being, you know, we basically have to live on Twitter in order to keep track of everyone's commitments and all of that. Yeah, and I think that's some of the stories that need to be told, too. And, and that's the cool part uh, about having you in here with me on a Thursday night, you know, and Eugene, of course, at one point will chime in and call in and check in, making sure he's down at that football game and he's not out and about it. At a local restaurant on a date or something. I mean, you have to make sure this guy's working, looking for a paycheck here uh, at some point. Uh, that being said, you know, uh, there's a ton of preparation. You know, like I said, here tonight, you know, I'm covering a JV and a B team game because we couldn't wait for football to happen. But on the other side of it, you know, I go home from here, I've got to get ready for a varsity football game tomorrow night. And it's not on the radio, it's a TV broadcast. So, there is a little bit different work, you know, that's put into a radio broadcast than a TV broadcast. But I got to be honest, showing up on a Friday night at 728 going, okay, well, they're going to turn the light green. It's time to talk. Now, there's some pregame. 
there are some conversations that are oh, had. Yeah. There's some stories to be told, right? I mean, I, I know you do the same at Carolina Forest on Friday nights, the same that I get to do, you know, where I'm at on Friday nights over at the Fort, you know, where, you know, you not only get to know the team that you're broadcasting, but for me, you know, I've got a great relationship with Goose Creek. That's a team that, that, that Ford will play tomorrow night. And Coach Mindset is a great coach. He's got a great group of coaches around him. Uh, he's got some players out here that we got to see on Monday night. We made the trip up there. They played Berkeley. Uh, you know, and I'm going to be honest with you, Fort Worcester, I have enjoyed the, the, the welcome to this family with, with, with stars. Uh, they have got a great group of uh, parents over there, grandparents, uh, extended family not to mention the players on the field, the coaches on the field, those inside the building, uh, the, the warm welcome that I've been able to get. And I know you're getting that, too, because this is your first year at Carolina Forest to where you're starting to understand that you are married to the program that you call the broadcast for, but you still got to be educated. You still need to know who you're playing against. So I will never tell you don't know who you're playing against. Oh. That being said, this duo that's coming up tomorrow night at Fort Dorchester, they've got a thunder and lightning. Just broke a long pass play. 
looks like to be down to the 20. But uh, early on, first series, um, Coach called with the trickeration on a fake punt, uh, takes the punt down to the 21. Uh, special teams is kind of the thing tonight. Uh, went for a 41-yard field goal. The um, North Charleston player just kind of skied in there, got a, uh, enough finger on the ball uh, to, to have it fall a little short. It was down the middle, but a little short uh, after that uh, tip block or uh, on the field goal. Uh, they go for a fake punt after negative yards on offense. They go for a fake punt or a rollout, it looked like, and uh, the guy got tackled. So um, uh, they started back over, punched the ball in pretty quickly on a running play. Now Oceanside has the ball back at the 30-yard line going in, second and four, seven to nothing Oceanside. Of course, we got Eugene. He is uh, one of the half of the Wolf Pack here on the NWO Sports Radio, Southern Sports Central. He, of course, is uh, my co-host usually on Thursday nights as we have moved from Wednesdays to Thursdays. The South Carolina High School Blitz is going to shift over to Wednesday nights. And uh, so you'll hear us on Mondays and Thursdays. So we'll begin the week with you, we'll end the week with you, before we hand it over to Brandon on Friday mornings with the Sports Unlimited group. Now, uh, Eugene, kind of tell us a little bit. This time last year, brother, uh, you know, you were not just on the sidelines. You were coaching, right? You were coaching. You were part of that, actually, Oceanside team that you can see from where you're standing you know what's kind of the things that you've seen now from our position as broadcasters and reporters and and those in the media what what are some of the things you see differently now that you might not have seen as a coach well you you kind of get to see both sides of of the game so to speak um you know when you're a coach on one staff is you know you're in your team meetings you talk to your coaches your players and stuff like that. Once you're, you know, go to the media side, you kind of see both sides of the both sides of the game, almost like both sides of the battle line. And so that's kind of a neat neat uh, experience to be able to do that, uh, you know, and to talk to these coaches. You get to know more players. I mean, when you're a coach on the staff at another team, you know, and you're you're hanging out talking to other players, you know, sometimes coaches get, you know, they hear that R word, that recruiting word, or they hear this, they hear that, you know, and whatnot. But uh, you really get to branch out. You really get to know a lot of the kids. Uh, especially, you know, around here in the low country when you're playing these guys. Uh, but, you know, and part of it is, you know, this whole COVID thing has just really changed everything, you know, so to speak. You know, it's kind of hard. Like tonight, um, I may be able to talk to the North Charleston coach after the game. They actually have fences up, and they've said that there's no, like, co-mingling sidelines. There's enough uh, police officers and the actual guy that runs this facility 24-7s out here. Uh, it, it's pretty, uh, it's a great facility, but they definitely have, you know, gone over the rules and rules and rules. So that side of the, you know, I wish, you know, since, you know, and, and I'm looking forward to that being able to be on the media side once, um, once all this COVID stuff's gone, so that you can kind of, you know, really get to know people and get up there and get in huddles and things like that. Because right now, you know, everything is still at arm's length. Hands up, I lost you guys. I'm in the stadium, and it's kind of nope. a weak signal here. We good? Gotcha. No, we got you. Okay. Now, of course, you're about down that, there yeah. in North Charleston, and your guys are up 7 nothing. They here. Well, I'm at it. nothing now. We just punched it in. Yep. Wow, look at there. So the four, excuse me. Now Oceanside yeah. starting to get some moves going here. We're going to mute you just for a minute there, Eugene. We'll come back sure. to you in just a second as uh, we've got yep. our – Six minutes, Brandon. Count it up about five minutes. Let's go check that five minutes until we go to break. That'll lead us into the top of the hour, hour number. Eugene's going to stay on the line. And of course, at uh, the top of the hour, we will be checking in 
with uh, the man who runs the media stuff for us down there in the uh, lower, lower part of the low country. And, of course, uh, that is going to be a guy who has partnered with us uh, just recently, and him and his company, is they've been able to bring in a ton of knowledge because, again, it is not easy to get you all the news that we have and all the news that we get. We had to rely on the guys and girls that do, of course, what you heard David Shelton doing, which, by the way, David is keeping an eye on Eugene over there uh, at this facility that they're both at, but it is Justin Jarrett. Justin Jarrett. It sounds like a NASCAR or a wrestling guy. Either way, he is a guy that works and owns locosports.com. You can uh, follow those guys all the time. They're covering all the teams. Just south of Charleston, we call that the lower part of the low country, and they got some big dogs down there. They got even smalls. They got Daryl DePass, and, I mean, I don't want to start naming because I'm going to forget a few, but they've got guys all over the field. They got guys everywhere, and, uh, you know, we'll, of course, check in with him. Now, Buford High School doesn't start playing. That's where Eamon and Daryl DePass and a few other guys that have been a part of our show, they don't start playing until next Friday. They have off the first two Fridays because of that word we don't use on this network. But, uh, you know, it would be fun to get in here and talk to Justin Jarrett here at the top of the hour. Now, again, it is a 14-0 lead if you're following where Eugene is at over there in North Charleston at that new, brand-new facility. We had, uh, of course, uh, a, a guy who has helped us out, Dave Shelton. He is becoming part of our Thursday night crew and giving us an update wherever he's at. He's actually at that same stadium. He, bra- he, uh, he, he bragged about the, uh, the facility, but he also talked about the um, – Press box. I can tell you at Wando, that one is like almost like a uh, – it's like a ballroom, man. It is a very impressive facility for guys like you and me and all of our closest broadcasts and friends. Uh, now, here where I'm at, there is a uh, JV game happening at Charles B. Gibson Stadium. This is home of the Goose Creek Gators where they are hosting the Fort Rochester Patriots in the B-team matchup, which Goose Creek just took that one, and now they are up. That is Goose Creek is up over Fort Dorchester, 6 nothing, 121 remaining here in the first quarter. It is Fort Dorchester's balls, and uh, we'll kind of keep you up to date here. Again, we wanted ball, and we're bringing you football all in one, right? I mean, we got beat team action, JV action, and varsity action happening right here on Southern Sports Central with Brandon Biscobing hanging out on the Grand Strand. A quick break. We come back. We'll catch up with the man that we just talked about. And, of course, find out what's going on in the lower part of the low country because there are teams. There are teams that are playing, and uh, we'll find out who played, who won, who will play this weekend, and who we need to keep our eye on from the athlete to the team and all around of the lower part of the low country with Justin Jarrett from locosports.com. Guys, don't go anywhere. Hour three, right after this. Chances. Now it's time to show you what's wrong In the ring, this is poor, all you suckers are strong 
day in, day out, the wolf pack for life. Tell me who has the guts to come in the rain tonight. Who care about the rapper cause we make our own booth. You're doing that what it takes to fill your day shoes. See, it's just a crowd pleaser. On the ground to leave, you're the person that will make your enemies for these soldiers. So you're back on the wolf pack. Welcome back, everybody. Richie Elman here live on Southern Sports Central. Boy, I tell you, if that CBS intro doesn't get you geared up to run through a wall, my God, check your pulse because it reminds me everything that is right with the world, and it is right here on Southern Sports Central. As I'm live here in Goose Creek coming to you from Goose Creek High School, and uh, we're going to have uh, one of the coaches, Brandon, call in through – excuse me, the gentleman's going to call in through my phone, so we're going to kind of get some things working here. But uh, quick update. 
here in the, uh, I believe, second quarter. It is a 6 nothing lead for Goose Creek. They have the ball as their JV squad is in action against Fort Dorchester here at Charles B. Gibson Stadium. Eugene Vinton is coming to us all the way from North Charleston as he's covering the North Charleston game and Oceanside. Oceanside is up 14 nothing. Coach Collison, I think trickery is what the word was used, but we'll get in with Eugene around 8.30, and we're trying to get in touch with the coach at 8 o'clock, but uh, we'll get here in just a minute uh, to uh, see if we can get in here, Brandon, in just a minute. But two solid hours. Had David Shelton, a beat writer for the Post and Curry as well. What you got? I think we have Justin Jarrett on the line now. So, All right, let's see if we can bring him in. As uh, Justin, you're with us, buddy? Yeah, man. Uh, had a little trouble getting through tonight. You must be uh, getting a lot of calls tonight. <laughs> well, we, uh, we're getting a lot of things. Uh, one of that is a lot of football. <laughs> I'm actually here at Goose Creek High School covering some uh, B team and JV. My other guy is over at North Charleston covering that Oceanside North Charleston 3A matchup, which you guys know a little bit about that region because Battery Creek is in that region. And uh, we got Brandon Biscobring who does uh, a show up there in Myrtle Beach, Sports Unlimited in the morning. He's actually in the studio, man. So we're we're at full strength, man. We wanted football, uh, yeah, but we got it every bit of it, brother. How's life down there in the lower <laughs> part of the low country? Uh, pretty good, man. We had a, a good first week. Uh, had some teams that, that impressed us, definitely. Uh, you know, a couple that, that maybe didn't uh, do what they hoped to in week one, but uh, great thing is you get to get back out there week two and, and give it another shot. But, uh, I mean, you mentioned Battery Creek. That's that's one of the teams that kind of turned some heads last week. I know it was Academic Magnet, but Terrence Ash coming out firing uh, 42-7 to over Academic Magnet. The, the defense played great, just gave a touchdown on a fake punt. And, uh, they got a stable of running backs. Jay on Allen looks like he is going to be a dude for them. Uh, had a great mm. game, a, a big a grown man, 15-yard touchdown run, dragging guys into the end zone. And, uh, picked one off and took it back to the house too. So uh, Terrence Ash he looks like he's he's got that team looking a little different than they've been these past few years, and and like they might make a little noise. It's a tough region, but uh, if they can go up to Hanahan this week and and compete well, it'll really be a good sign for them. Ooh, we is we're live right now with Justin Jarrett. I said earlier before you got in here, man. You sound like you're either a wrestler or you're a NASCAR driver, but really you're a guy that owns LocoSports.com. But I'm sure you can wrestle and, and ride a few NASCARs around in the circle as well, man. Uh, you uh, talk about I've never that been a NASCAR, but I've been a wrestler. No? <laughs> you have been a wrestler? So did you in high yeah, school? Yeah, I, I grew up in you Kansas. you in high school, right? Oh, wow. I grew up in Kansas where we wrestled. So uh, I'm actually cool. part of the, the founders of the Low Country Wrestling Club down here in Bluffton trying to get that school oh, really? built up in this in this state a little bit. So, um, yeah, I'm a big wrestling guy. <laughs> man, we got to get you in here more often. I love it, man. We're going to do some wrestling, by the way. Because Coach Tuck's a good buddy of mine. We lost uh, over Fort Chester. Coach Skip was uh, Coach Skip was a big time uh, contributor to the world of wrestling. He uh, lost his battle to cancer uh, a couple about a month ago, man. But wrestling, man, is wrestling really taking off down here in the South? But over there, where you're from in Kansas, before we talk football, let's take a break. Let's talk wrestling. Wrestling is a really <laughs> big deal in Kansas, right? I mean, you guys, uh, I mean, y'all, 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 y'all kind of do that thing on a regular basis. Uh, that's kind of one of y'all's big sports over there, isn't it? Oh, yeah, Midwest is, is all about wrestling. I mean, obviously, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, that's kind of the, the – in Iowa, that's kind of the, the mecca. But uh, Kansas, Oklahoma, right. Missouri, not too far behind. So, yeah, we grew up with some, some good wrestling. I was – I grew up down near the Oklahoma border. So, uh, we went down into Oklahoma mm. a good bit. And, 
and saw some good competition. So uh, it was a little, a little bit shocking when I moved out to South Carolina. The wrestling wasn't quite at the level, but it's definitely come a long way in my 15 years here and, and just keeps getting better. So I love seeing that sport continue to grow. No doubt as we're live right now with Justin Jarrett. He is a former wrestler from Kansas. We didn't know any of this. <laughs> See what happens when you listen, you learn. Young people, listen up. And, uh, of course, uh, you know, and if you look at the Olympics, I think a lot of those Olympic stars come from that Midwest. Is that right? I mean, that's kind of where the feeder oh, program yeah. for the Olympics is, right? Absolutely, yeah. Midwest and, and Northeast are, are really kind of the big areas for the sport. So it's definitely picking up. And, you know, Florida has really come a long way. Georgia is getting better all the time. And uh, South Carolina is not too far behind. So hopefully we can continue to see that sport grow. And I know football coaches love wrestlers because those guys, uh, they come out and, and they know how to, to battle a guy head-to-head for up to six minutes. So if they just have to do it for a few seconds on the offensive line, they can, uh, they can get that done in no problem. Yeah, I was actually no talking to Steve Simmons uh, last week about that, uh, how he's used he used uh, wrestling to work on his hands and feet on the, on the, off- or on the defensive line. Absolutely, and and you know you look at May River and and Gilbert and some of those schools that have had uh, successful wrestling programs. They always have good hard nosed football teams too, and a lot of times because it's eighteen or twenty of those guys are are from the wrestling room. And, uh, there's nowhere that that you're on more of an island than when you're out there just one on one going hand to hand combat. That that teaches you a lot about yourself. Let me ask you this though, and 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 that's actually a good way to come in there, Brandon, because I'm going to be honest. You know, down here in the south, we, we always hear it's track and field. If you're not playing, you know, uh, if you're playing football, you need to be playing track. You need to be running track and field in the spring. But I'm going to be honest with you, for the footwork of an offense and defensive lineman and by the hands of what you do in wrestling, that's got to play a pretty mega role. But to you guys in wrestling, that's just a natural position and a natural reaction, right, that you would want to try to incorporate that into a lot of those young guys, uh, I guess, over at Mary River and, and Briefer County, Hilton Head and all that. I would imagine BJ and those guys want those guys to wrestle, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's great conditioning. It's, uh, you know, it, it requires great self-discipline. It can really teach the kid some humility, especially if he hasn't wrestled before and he goes out there and he may be all muscled up and think he's going to take this guy down. And uh, if the guy's got more technique than you, it, it doesn't matter how much stronger you are. So um, it definitely teaches you a lot about, you know, physics and leverage and balance and, uh, there's a lot that, that carries over from sport to sport. I mean, I'm a, I'm a big multi-sport guy anyway. I, I believe in it. Sure. Um, you know, I believe in a well-rounded athlete, but um, I do think wrestling definitely provides a lot that you can take with you to other sports. And just the mental toughness that it requires is, is huge. We're live right now with a man who runs and owns locosports.com. He does a phenomenal job covering all those young studs down there in that lower part of the low country where we and he has not forgot about you guys down there. I did a Zoom meeting with uh, the guy from EMC 25, I believe, is the actual. Oh, yeah. Uh, react. He, did, he actually invited me to help uh, or, or as a guest speaker with the uh, Zoom meeting on Monday night. And uh, that was after I covered a football game up at, at uh, Berkeley. And I come in there, and, of course, you know, a lot of those juniors and seniors that ball out that you cover, uh, you know, we talked Daryl the past, but a ton of well branch guys were there. And I'm going to be honest, man, you are very blessed with a group of young men that have not only great talents on the field, but they got some five-star manners off the field, man. Tell us a little bit about that culture. What is it down there that you see these young athletes not only balling out on the football field, but 
really show it out during your interviews because I know you probably echo what I'm saying when it comes down to first class off the field interviews. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you nailed it with uh, with Chris Dantzler over at Extra Mile Club. He's he's doing a fantastic job of developing those young men, not only on the field, but off the field as well, and making sure that they keep up with their studies and, uh, you know, nutrition and, and everything else. He's, he's really become a, a great mentor to a lot of young men in the Buford area. And, and you see it in their football programs. I mean, Buford High has been good. Whale Branch has been very good in 2A, and now I think they look like a, a top-five caliber team in 1A. And, and now Battery Creek's starting to come up a little bit too. So, And then you go over to Skiza, and Buford Academy won an eight-man championship a couple years ago and is uh, making noise in their first year in 11-man. So, uh, you know, Chris Dantzler gets a, a big props from me, a big kudos for what he's doing there. Um, I think he's doing a fantastic job of, of really combining the athletic – uh, training with, with really preparing them to be uh, successful young men on and off the field. And, uh, you know, one of, some of their, their kids who have come through there, you know, uh, Niles Pinckney was on our podcast uh, last week at, at Clemson, um, came from Whale Branch and, and doing big things at Clemson and probably going to be in the league. And uh, Dee Delaney was another guy who came through Whale Branch and uh, that EMC program as well and ended up at the Citadel and then Miami and kicked around in the NFL a little bit. So, uh, they're helping young men, you know, uh, get up from here. Well, we don't like to say get get out of here because uh, we love it when they come <laughs> back, but uh, get up right. from here and, and go on and do big things and, and prepare themselves for life after football. So uh, you love to see that, and, and the, it's a nice benefit that you also get to see a good product on the field on Friday nights. You want to find some good product on the field, but actually on an article, go to locosports.com. You'll find Justin Jarrett and his five-star team doing five-star things day in and day out. When you're asleep, oh, they're not. They're definitely putting it together. So when you wake up in the morning, you're brushing your teeth, you're eating breakfast, at whatever angle you're doing what you're doing, you can uh, check out the latest that's happening around, of course, uh, in and around the uh, the lower part of the low country. Uh, we're going to go quickly to an update. Hold on tight real quick. Justin, Eugene, what's happening down there in North Charleston, buddy? Well, Coach Call's offense has found its way uh, just to have put up another rushing touchdown, uh, except for the extra point here. Nope, they blew off the extra point. Looks like somebody jumped off sides on the defense, but they'll um, looks like they'll give it to them since it was – hold on. Uh, anyway, as of right now, it's 26-0. Uh, encroaching on the defense, looks like that's going to be waved off. The kick was good. So, anyway, yep. So, right now it's 27 uh, to nothing. Uh, Oceanside, they, uh, the defense from Coach uh, O has been smothering those guys, and uh, offense seems to sound its way with the running game especially. All right, there's a nice update there. We're going to come now back to our interview, and I, it doesn't get any better than that. Uh, i, I got to be honest with you, Justin Jarrett, as uh, he's coming to us all the way from Buford area. We've got live reporters around the low country, man. Justin, this is what we wanted. I mean, we got it, man. Let me ask you your thoughts because we had you with us last Thursday. And the season started, and we got to talk football because I know you're on limited time and, and, and you've gotten the hall pass to be with me for a little while. But we got football Thursday through Monday. And I said this with a guy who came in at 7 o'clock, and I know you know David Shelton and does a great oh, yeah. job up here on this side of town. That being said, we had football Thursday night. That kicked off our season. We had a lot of football Friday, but we had a lot of rain Friday night. So some programs delayed until Saturday. And then, wait a minute, Monday brought us our finale, which was a big-time 5A matchup with Berkeley and Goose Creek. Man, I don't know how week two is going to live up to the hype of week one, man. What's your thoughts? 
Yeah, I don't know. You, we're looking at our uh, our matchups this week, and they're a little bit lopsided in this area. Um, uh, you know, Battery Creek Canahan, I think, has a chance to be competitive if, if Battery Creek can get off to a good start and keep it competitive early. Um, I think Whale Branch blows out Military Magnet. I don't think Beaufort High has too much trouble with James Island. And, and then uh, May River looks like they've got a pretty big upper hand over Bluffton. So uh, we won't have too many exciting ones down here this week. I don't, I don't know that it'll live up to the hype, but uh, last week wasn't really exciting either. We had a bunch of blowouts too. So uh, we're looking forward to getting into some more tight games and exciting games. And I know they're coming down the, down the stretch. Uh, May River Beaufort's going to be a, a, just a knockdown drag out and uh, should be a, a great matchup. Um, you know, Bluffton Hilton Head's always fun. Hopefully Hilton Head can get on the field here next week. They've been shut down for two weeks. So, um, you know, we haven't had too much trouble with, with COVID, but we have had a, a few pops here and there that have shut programs down. So we're hoping they can keep that contained and we can keep the season going and, uh, you know, have something resembling a normal season here. Well, you brought that up, you know, so let me, let me just ask real quick. Uh, have you talked to any of the coaches about, you know, especially like you mentioned, Bluffton had some issues for the past couple of weeks. Hilton Head against Carlton County got shut down for this week. Uh, how are the coaches handling those, those the team, you know, focused and moving forward and not kind of falling back because they don't have a game that week? Yeah, I mean, I, that's that's just another incredible challenge to throw into the middle of what's already a really tough job. And um, You know, Hilton Head, they were raring to go for, for week one and, and had a, a staff member test positive, asymptomatic, so then they had to take some precautions and, and quarantine a few kids. But then one of the kids tested positive, asymptomatic, so they had to, to quarantine the whole team. So, um, you know, it makes it really tough. You go back to the spring when they were trying to do Zoom workouts and stuff and uh, you're trying to put in your offense and defense over Zoom. It's going to be a challenge uh, for sure. And and uh, so you know I'm not exactly sure how you balance all that uh, along with the the hassles of of just trying to organize your practice in a way that prevents the spread and and potentially and prevents having to quarantine everybody if you uh, if if you have one positive. So I know they've a lot of them have tried to do smaller groups and, and things like that and practice and rotate, rotate people around so that you're not always with the, uh, you know, the same person um, to try to keep the, the exposures down. But, um, I mean, it's, it's a circus to try to, to balance all that. It's hard enough to run a football practice as it is. So adding all this in the mix, it, it's definitely a challenge for those guys. Uh, kudos to them for putting in the effort. Hopefully they can dodge the bullet and get to keep playing football. We're live right now with Justin Jarrett. He is with Locosports.com, the owner, the founder, and the man when it comes down to all of the action down in the lower part of the low country here tonight on Southern Sports Central talking about the things that are not only playing on the field, but things that are playing into factors off the field. You know, you mentioned Hilton Head. That's Jalen Sneed's hometown or his field, right? Isn't he part of, the, uh, part of that big crew down there, of course, uh, with their head coach who's been in here with us? Have you guys had a chance? I know we talked to him before the season started about a month ago. Uh, thank God for his family and, his, and, and the head coach allowing us to have access to him. But how is he handling all of the things that are going on? Because this is a very unusual season, and yet he hasn't determined, well, he still has some time in, in his recruiting. How do you feel like this is not only affecting him, but looking at all the other guys down there in Beaufort? Because you guys are growing in pretty big uh, in multiple ways, not just on the field, but off the field. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, Sneed's Jalen Sneed's a, a great young man. We've had him on the podcast before, but I don't. I think it was back in the spring. Um, so I haven't talked to him recently. Um, but you know, he's he's getting some big time offers. Uh, he, DJ Payne told me before last year, last season, that he would end up being the the most highly recruited player in Beaufort County history, and um, he's definitely living up to the hype now. He's he's a well on his way. Uh, you know, BJ's had guys like Puna Ford before who. Uh, got a lot of got a lot of attention and wound up in the NFL, but uh, he's been excited about Jalen Snead for a couple years now, and, and told me last year that uh, he was going to be the dude, you know, coming up here in a couple years. So um, he's living up to the hype, and hopefully we get to see him do it on the field here soon. Because uh, I know he's stayed in shape, he's he's worked very hard, and uh, you know, really is a, a physical specimen. So he wants to get out on that field and hit somebody else with a different colored jersey and helmet. Uh, show people what he can do. He's he's obviously got the skill set that SEC coaches believe in him. So uh, once you get that going, you you know you got something there. But we want to see him get out on the field and do it again this year. I lose you guys. No, yep, you're no, still here. You. Still here with you. So oh, so is. real quick, because we're live right now. Of course, yeah, this is live radio. Got to love it when I'm in a uh, remote <laughs> spot down here in Goose Creek, man. And the signal kind of goes in and out sometimes. And then I got a dude hanging tight over in North Charleston, and that is Eugene Benton. Of course, back at the studio up in the North Myrtle Beach, or the Myrtle Beach Studios, is uh, Brandon Bisco Bing, as we're live right now with the man, Justin Jarrett. He is with locosports.com. Make sure you guys click on that link to get all the ins and outs. Coaches, if you're listening, that's where you want to go to find out about those dudes and those dogs down there on that side of town, because I tell you what, Justin and his team, and I know next week, Justin, you're going to actually allow – another one of your uh, guys come in here and start helping us out a little bit, huh? Tell us a little bit about your team and, and all the roles that, that all of you guys have to wear multiple hats like us. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I started the website on a, on a shoestring budget myself and, and did all the work for a long time. But uh, my vision was always to get, you know, students and, and young people who are interested in sports media uh, involved and give them an opportunity to get some experience and, and a little mentorship and kind of learn the ropes from a guy who's been doing it for a long time. So um, a young man named Wes Kerr came to me uh, a few months ago and, and was interested in starting a local sports podcast. And of course I already had the platform for it. So uh, he's a Hilton Head High graduate and Davidson College graduate and had moved back home after school and, and wanted to do this. So uh, he's jumped in with both feet and has become a, a huge part of the team. He helps me a lot with, uh, you know, recaps and previews and uh, produces the podcast and does just copious amounts of research and, and really knows his stuff. So um, he's going to be a great, contrib- uh, great con- contributor to your, uh, to your show for sure. And he's really excited about it and uh, will really help to evangelize, so to speak, for the guys down here and the teams down here. And um, I mean, that's our mission is just to produce grassroots local sports journalism that celebrates our, our local teams and athletes and uh, gives the community, you know, a place to keep up with it and, and show their pride. So, uh, so far, so good. We've been doing it for over three years and uh, I haven't had to get a real job yet, Richie, so I guess I'm doing okay. <laughs> No doubt. As uh, quick updates here at Goose Creek, the uh, JV squad giving us a heck of a matchup. Bring in your popcorn. It's a six nothing lead for the Creek, but don't worry. There's still a lot of football left, two quarters, and uh, that's uh, plenty of time for uh, this thing to continue to be a battle here in the Creek. As Fort Winchester's made that trip across county lines to battle it out here as uh, the big one tomorrow night, where Fort Winchester will bring in the Goose Creek Gators. Top ten matchup in 5A football will happen. I get the chance to bring you the call on the TV screen 
And, uh, of course, I'll be there with Eddie Tilly and the professor, who also has a show here on Sunday nights at 6 o'clock. And that is Clinton Robinson Sr., who's back home and listening to it, hopefully ironing his hands, getting himself ready uh, for TV time. And, of course, uh, another update on the game that we are also keeping an eye on is over in North Charleston with nine minutes left in the second quarter. It is a big-time game. It's 34 to nothing. Oceanside, word on the street, the defense is definitely lights out. The receivers are catching everything coming their way. And I got to be honest, the stats are going to be quite interesting coming out of this one, at least for Oceanside, uh, when you look at it. Uh, let me ask you one thing before we get you out of here. And, and again, Justin, thank you so much for partnering up with us here on Southern Sports Central, man. And I want to tell you again, we got to look at your calendar. We got to look at your date. If there's a way to throw your show over here on our broadcast, man, it would be an honor. It'd give you another opportunity for some more listening ears, some opportunities. And uh, we would love that chance uh, for us to, uh, to work together. That being said, you can comment on that along with uh, what has been to you the most electrifying part of week one, game one, and uh, everything across the board when it comes down to the kickoff of the 2021, I guess, season. Uh, well, I mean, I got out to two games last week. I ran over to Battery Creek for, for uh, the first half or so. They were up big, so I ran out to Whale Branch and, and saw them a little bit. And, uh, uh, Whale Branch just blew me away. I mean, they, uh, I expected a pretty close game with St. John's, and Whale Branch beat them 33 to nothing. Jalen Reeves, who plays point guard on the state runner-up basketball team, playing quarterback and, and running all over them for 217 on 13 carries with four touchdowns. Uh, so they look like they're the real deal. That offensive line looked very good, and uh, they got a brand-new turf field there that's just absolutely gorgeous. And so I, I think they're in for a good season. I'm expecting them to be playing deep in the 1A playoffs and, and maybe even you know making it to the state championship game. Uh, Jalen Reeves just looked phenomenal, and I think that team's got a ton of potential. Jerry Hatcher does a great job there. Uh, you know, they've got guys coming through that extra mile club program that you mentioned, and I think they're going to be a team to watch in 1A. All right, we're going to wrap it up. We appreciate you very much for all that you do on and off any article, in and off of any field. Man, I got to be honest with you, man. It's been a blessing to connect the dots, and it all starts with a conversation. And that same guy we talked about, that big mentor down there, Mr. Danzler, because he put this thing together. Justin, God bless you, your family. Stay safe. We'll do this again next Thursday. If you want to kind of maybe if this Thursday 8 o'clock works for you and your team, then we'll make this a deal. We'll find us a sponsor, and uh, we'll bring this thing together and make it a uh, a power 30-minute interview, if that's cool with you, buddy. Sounds like a plan, man. Well, uh, between me and Wes, we'll get somebody on there for you. All right, buddy. Well, God bless you. Take care. Stay safe. Keep those dogs down there fed, and uh, we'll be reading up your stories over there at locosports.com tonight as we uh, head right. back to the house, buddy. Thank you. Take care, fellas. Appreciate the time, and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Go Loco. Hey, look at that. Go Loco. I love that, you know. I, I got to be honest with you. Brandon, I'll bring you back in. Eugene, I know you're hanging out down there. Listen, I'm your mic. Eugene, first of all, give us an update. I, I gave us an update from your text and all, but uh, – how, how big is it? I mean, how big is this defense? I know Ron Schauber's over there from Somerville, and you've got this other pal kid. He's out there laying down some heat. you got Coach Ozon somewhere around doing some things, man. you got to give, give me some names. 
Well, uh, actually, the sophomore defensive end, wow, there goes another uh, receiver that – there's so many dropped balls last week by the receivers, and now they seem to have sticky hands tonight. Um, uh, the Adams kid, man, the, the defensive end at six foot six. Uh, he and uh, last year there was a guy on Oceanside's D-line, O-line, Miles um, Castine. His younger brother, Timmy, seems to be a little bit uh, more quicker, uh, a little bit taller and doesn't weigh as much. But uh, he and Adams are just having their way on the uh, defensive line. I mean, every time the ball is snapped, they're back there. He, the quarterback rolls out. He just, you know, he barely got one off just a while ago and threw it, like, you know, four yards deep off the sideline. And, uh uh, the play before that, he snapped the ball, turned around, and got pummeled between both of them. <clears throat> so the defensive line's just having the way. The quarterback has no time to throw the ball. Runs getting stuffed. Uh, the linebackers are playing well. You know, so the quarterbacks and safety saying got test. There's a run up the gut, uh, and he looks to be to the house. So uh, 7:26 to go. Oceanside now has uh, 40 to nothing with the extra point coming up. Um, 7:25 left in the second quarter, so uh, yeah, wow. it's uh, everybody's coming down this end, so it's about to get pretty loud. But um, yeah, it's been pretty pretty exciting for them. Uh, I've already uh, started subbing the specials. So these guys have been kicking the ball a lot, so uh, it, it's pretty it's pretty exciting out here for some of these guys. But um, you know, last week they just weren't really happy with the performance, and uh, you know, like I said, they they've been fired up and, and come out to play. It's a great great facility. Um, I see up, up, and the kick is good. The freshman is two for two. So there we go. Uh, so we're rolling now at forty-one to nothing. Seven twenty-five to go in the second quarter, Rich. Hey, Eugene, boy, taking off them rookie stripes as quick as we give them to him. As he's hanging out over there in North Chucks, hanging out with, of course, the uh, North Charleston guys and the Oceanside guys, and uh, man, doing a great job. That's a, I mean, Brandon, he sounds like he's done this before, and I know better. But uh, the young man has done a. Uh, They're doing a great job covering some football down there. We're coming to you live all the way from Goose Creek at Charles B. Gibson Stadium. Ball game here. It's halftime. It's 6-0. JV of the Goose Creek Gators taking on the JV squad of Fort Dorchester. It was uh, all Goose Creek for the B team. But, again, you know, when you start to kind of look at how this thing works out, not a bad situation. We start to kind of put things in order, how things are going to work. Well, tonight. This could be a big uh, big deal. Let's say Fort pulls this one out tomorrow night. Winner take all out of the mega series over at the Fort. It's a blackout, by the way. Watch out for those uh, Patriots. They're going to be coming out with a brand-new uniform tomorrow night, man. Yeah, lots of fun action, lots of fun games coming up tomorrow night. Uh, you know, I- I'm looking forward to Carolina Fort Conway tomorrow. That will be a lot of fun. That's going to be a good one. And then, obviously, like we were talking about earlier on the show, a lot of good matchups throughout the Grand Strand and the PD as well uh, that have some high stakes. Even if I'm thinking maybe some of those uh, games may have a a, a bit less stakes than uh, originally thought. But still, obviously, even if you have that opportunity of getting an at-large bid over in 4A, you definitely want to be guaranteed a spot instead of waiting to see if you get chosen or not. Right. Yeah, no doubt. Let's do this. Let's take a break. Grab something to drink. Let's uh, check in a few different things here. When we come back, we will take some phone calls or we'll keep moving the way we're moving because we got boots on the ground in multiple stadiums here in the low country. 
We're hanging tight in the studios in our Myrtle Beach studios up there in that Myers Ice Cream Studios where it's always a good time. Brandon Bisco being the voice of the Carolina Force Panthers hanging out, pushing buttons, answering phones. So you want to call in right now. Now's the time. For the next 30, it's all about you. If not, we'll continue to do what we do. We got some SEC conversations coming up. I've got some matchups. I'm going to throw at Brandon. I'm going to throw back at you. And then we'll check in with uh, Eugene before we get out of here, guys. Don't go anywhere. More Southern Sports Central next.
Hey, welcome back, everybody. I'm Rich Yellman, alongside, well, to some extent, Brandon Biscobring. He's back at the studios, but it's up on the Grand Strand, up there in our Myrtle Beach studios that we've opened back up for business after spending a year there a few years ago. We've opened it back up. We've cleaned up the facility, and we put in a five-star dude doing some five-star things. As you can hear his show live in the morning at 7 o'clock. It's 7 to 9. It's the morning show that you want to check out on a Friday morning as you get yourself ready of where to go and what to do and what to know about. You'll find out right there tomorrow morning on Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central. Brandon Biscobing will be kicking it off. I'll hang out with him for a little while. We'll have a few other of our closest guests drop by and talk a little shop with us here on Southern Sports Central. It's going to be a good time. May even get some of the guys in for the uh, South Carolina High School Blitz join us. As well, you know, that's just kind of what we do. It's it's kind of a typical Friday morning, Brandon, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I would have to agree. I would have to say so. Yeah, lots of going to be lots of fun tomorrow. And, you know, we got football to talk about. A lot of football to talk about. And we're going to talk to football right now. And uh, if you want to join us, you can do that. We'll open up the lines at one three two three. 784-9681. Of course, I'm here live in the creek at Charles B. Gibson Stadium. Of course, uh, home of the Goose Creek Gators and uh, John Fullman Field is the name of the field here. We're to give everybody their props here. It is a 6 nothing lead for the Gators. Start a third quarter. Not as close of a ball game hanging out over there with uh, Eugene as he's uh, coming to us live in North Charleston as they are hosting Oceanside. And, boy, I got to tell you something. It is uh, it's a tough one. Last time I checked, it was, uh, I want to say, what, 42, Eugene? 41 nothing, Eugene. Uh, let me bring you back in real quick. Any update, any change? Are you guys finally at halftime over there? Uh, four minutes. No, it's four minutes to go. It's 41 to nothing. Uh, Oceanside just had to punt. Uh, freshman put it down there. He had a 40-yard punt. So, now uh, North Charleston took – taking the ball over second eight from their own nine-yard line. So they've been pinned pretty deep. They haven't uh, – if my math is correct, they haven't gotten a first down, and they just lost about seven yards. Again, uh, Timmy Castain's little brother uh, – I mean, excuse me, Miles Castain's little brother, Timmy, the uh, sophomore, just I – mean, he looked like he was shot out of a cannon coming through that uh, defensive defensive tackle spot and uh, dropped the uh, running back as soon as he got the ball for a seven-yard loss. So now it is third and 12 at their own, uh, let's say, two-and-a-half, three-yard line uh, with three minutes and 20 seconds to go in the second quarter, down uh, 41-0. Look at there, 41-0 is the lead. 41-0, Oceanside right now with the lead over North Charleston. Eugene Benton, of course, with Southern Sports Central Live. Boots on the ground. You heard the cheerleaders in the background there. You listen closely. You can hear cheerleaders in the background here. We got a lot going on, as uh, we're excited uh, to have a lot going through many of uh, high school stadiums because we never knew whether the lights were going to cut on or not. We had no idea whether we were going to get high school football last, say, month ago. We had no idea this is where we were going to be at. So we're excited to have this going on, Brandon. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's been a crazy summer, a lot of uncertainty, you know, it seemed like they were just pushing things back and back and back, and it was, there was going to be no end in sight. But then, 
as we got towards the middle to end of August, I kind of saw it coming saying, you know, okay, where everyone, or not so much middle of August, but end of August, beginning of September, I kind of saw, okay, we're, we're moving forward. We're, we're going to have some football. So. Right, right. I believe I'm going to help you out here because I got the board on my, uh, on, on my gadget here, and I believe I'm going to, even though I'm coming to you live from the stadium at Charles B. Gibson Stadium, where this guy right here that's getting ready to come on this broadcast, Brandon, this is a legend. This guy played on this same field, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think he's that old where they're playing somewhere else. So with that, I'm going to welcome in the guy that hangs out every Friday night in the press box with me, and that is Mr. Edward Tilly. What's going on, Eze? How's life, buddy? Gotcha. Eddie, Eddie, we got you, buddy. Tilly, Eddie, are you with us, buddy? Brandon, I'm going to get you to take him to the green room, my friend, and see if you can't find out if he can catch up with us real quick. Uh, He just and I were going back and forth in a text and uh, talking to him about coming in. I don't think he – I'm not sure if he could hear me or not. But, uh, you know, Eddie, of course, is uh, a guy who – Yes, it's been Friday nights. Uh, I get to do the play-by-play. He comes in with color commentating. Uh, and tomorrow night is going to be a big night for this guy because Eddie used to be a football player at Goose Creek back in the day. Not that many moons ago, but a few moons back. And uh, that's going to be kind of a neat touch for a guy. And I look forward to having him with me on the call tomorrow night. You can, of course, uh, you know, enjoy that broadcast. Uh, and we'll get you that information over there at SO Sports Central here on the broadcast, here comes the fort charging into the end zone and taken down by the face mask, and here comes the penalties. 22 for the fort, ran that thing, and, boy, did he get grabbed by the face mask. And I know I heard about Hook'em Horns, but, boy, Hook'em Patriot, as he took him down to the ground, but this one's probably going to get up about halfway to the uh, goal line. Should put him around the five. Should be a first down, and fort threatening the scores. They're only down 6 nothing here uh, on the uh, big night, second night here. Is uh, I'm going to bring in Clinton Robinson Senior. I think Clinton's joining us. Clinton, you there, buddy? Yeah, there you go, brother. How you doing? Look at there. Well, we're about to strike the band up. I don't know if you know or not, but uh, Eddie's trying to figure out that whole button thing. <laughs> I'm trying to get Eddie in here with us. As, uh, I'm actually here uh, in Goose Creek, man. They have let me out of Dorchester okay. County into Goose Creek. Watch out, Berkshire Uh-oh. County. I've about made Uh-oh. two drizzles in one one week. It's six nothing. Uh, the JV squad is losing six nothing in the third quarter, but that may change by the touch of this one, and not that place. So they're going to live to see another day here in just a minute. But uh, man, let me ask you. Of course, uh, you guys who don't know, I am on the phone with the professor. You can hear this guy on Sunday nights from six to nine right here on Southern Sports Central. He is part of that Voice Sports group. Who we are very blessed to have him and Wayne and all of those closest friends that they bring with them. And again. Very blessed to have him uh, in here. As, uh, I'm going to try to bring Eddie in here one more time. Uh, Eddie, Eddie, can you hear me, buddy? How about it, Eddie? Are you there, buddy? All right, so Eddie not, Eddie not having any luck with that little green button there. So what we're going to do, and uh, we'll get Brandon to try to work with him there. But, uh, of course, you also do your show on 6 to 9 on Sunday nights, and you're doing a great job. Big, 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 huge hit coming in here with the family, man. I appreciate you, man. You know that is uh, crazy love there. And uh, what you bring is a solid impact to our show because you work really close with the youth. But then on Friday nights, you're that dude that's running 
like a head guy with his head cut off up and down the sidelines chasing uh, Coach LaPrade, Coach chasing other individuals as well, getting us staff, getting us updates. This is your first rodeo doing this type of stuff, man. Let me ask you this. What is your favorite thing about mm-hmm. this thing out of week one, brother? I think just being up close and personal with the um, with the players, uh, seeing what's going on on the sideline, knowing what's happening behind the scenes, that's always a pleasure. Um, you never get to see it. A lot of people don't get that opportunity to see it, and I was just blessed with that opportunity to be back there on the sideline see what's going on. So, inside is always, always the best. It's like being in the kitchen on the You all want to know what's going on behind the door. No doubt about it, man. We're live right now. Of course, uh, it looks like the Fort might have put six on the board. We'll wait for the line, and there it is, six. With 4-2 remaining in the third quarter, Fort Chester ties it up here. Earlier, the B team, yeah, they took a tough loss, but uh, just to be fair, we'll say that Goose Creek had a loaded ninth-grade B team, and, of course, our guys, if you're a Fort Chester guy, had uh, seventh and eighth graders. So there was a little bit of a difference there. But, our, you know, if you're a poor guy, you got to say, hey, good battle. Go in there and get better. That's what it's about. Uh, of course, they're headed back to the school. And uh, here at 6-6, pending the uh, two-point conversion, because they aren't going for a field goal. And here comes the quarterback out of the backfield and counts. Yeah, 8-6 for the fourth as they now go up with 402 remaining. And they took a loss last week to Ashley Ridge. This could be a nice bounce back. Uh, here coming to you. And now another update coming out of Eugene over there. You and I, we're going back on Texas on this. Of course, Oceanside is putting it down, man. 48 nothing. <laughs> I'm not even sure it's halftime, man. It is definitely uh, a stat night for the uh, for the Land Sharks, man. Yeah, yeah most definitely. Like I was, uh, nothing, I was actually two minutes to go. Eugene, go ahead, buddy. I know you, yeah. ju- you want to chime in real quick, buddy. What did you got? Oh, sorry about that. It's uh, two. It's forty-eight to nothing with two minutes and nine seconds in the uh, fourth quarter. Dwarf just got the ball back. It's on their uh, own thirty. One play, one yard. Like I said, the wow. defense seems to be stuffing. I think they have probably. I, I mean, not to exaggerate, I'd have to look at it, but they probably have negative yards of offense in this game. Mm. But I tell you what, it's a tough team to play. Coach Call has done a great job uh, as he's taking over this. Landshark team and uh, landing some points on the board as uh, we are uh, 100% excited about having uh, a great group of guys, man. And, and, and now, Professor, you get a chance to hear Brandon Biscobing tonight on the broadcast. You hear myself. You and I talk numerous times during the day, brother. You hear Eugene there, man. Did you ever imagine that we would be able to do what we're doing tonight where you hear not just one game. We're covering the high school game on a Thursday night. We're covering B team and JV on the Thursday night. I've got a dude up in Myrtle Beach who is the voice of the Carolina Forest Panthers. I got our guy that hangs out with us, by the way, on uh, on, on Friday night, Eddie Tilly. God bless his heart because uh, I don't think he knew what he was getting into when he hung out with you and me. But uh, I know we definitely got better. Um, <laughs> Eddie, can you hear us, buddy? Yeah, man, I'm with you now. There you go. <laughs> you figured out that little bud. <laughs> Hey, I man, had you to be happy. I had to have him hang up. <laughs> <laughs> well, real quick, Eddie, I don't, I, you know, I, I don't want to keep you, man. I'm not saying you're past your bedtime. I'm over here in your landing strip, brother. I'm over here standing in the visitor's side on the track on the back corner of the end zone at Goose Creek, man. Charles B. Gibson Stadium, a.k.a. Eddie Tilly Field, right? 
I mean, uh, man, this right. is going to be a big game for you tomorrow night, right, man? I mean, have you thought about where you're going to be tomorrow night and call in a game against uh, – well, they just scored, by the way. Goose Creek just got a, uh, a, a touchdown, throwing it in the end zone. But did you – have you really – has it sunk in yet that you're going to be on the call tomorrow night calling a game? No, man, it hasn't sunk in yet. But I tell you, I'm excited about it just because, you know, catching some of the highlights of that – Goose Creek Berkeley game and, and seeing what that looked like. I think we're in for a heck of a game tomorrow night. I'm, a, I'm jacked. I'm pumped up about it. I'm excited about tomorrow night. <laughs> man, I get a chance to hang out with both of these dudes on Friday nights, man. It's not a bad uh, situation for me. Unfortunately, not the same for these two guys. But, uh, Eddie, by the way, first time, are you say, long time listener, first time caller. I always tell uh, Clinton that when I call his phone during the middle of the day. But uh, let, let me ask you, man. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we have a good time on Friday nights. And, uh, you know, of course, Flinton's got somebody down there keeping a chain on and making sure he ain't running on the football field. We don't have that problem because we got the AC and some food and a bathroom. Not running in, Clinton, but, you know, we're all right up there. But, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie, what's the one thing you've enjoyed the most out of this last week? I mean, you know, uh, it's putting this together. And I got to tell you, you know, our producer, I, I say he hit, a, he hit a grand slam, not even a triple, but a grand slam with – the crew that he's putting together uh, with all of our personalities. Yeah, and uh, Richie, I think that's what I've enjoyed the most is I've done, you know, several different types of production, you know, television, that type of stuff, and and you cannot beat chemistry, and either it's there or it's not. I mean, I guess you can develop some over years, but when you find a team that they just hit it off and they click right off the bat, I mean, that's – that's where we're at, you know. I mean, my man Clinton, you know, he's still hanging in there. And he was down there in the <laughs> rain on the nasty field, and we're up there, you know, eating food in the air-conditioned booth, you know, just just, just <laughs> right. having a grand old time. And he's coming so back for Eddie, more. So I'm like, my man, he loves it. Eddie, don't, fo- Eddie love don't follow him up, Eddie. Don't, don't, don't follow him up, Eddie. Good <laughs> <laughs> But, but no, no, that's the deal. The deal is just the chemistry. And, uh, you know, I've just felt like, you know, Friday night, that being our first call for, for FD, that was just an right. amazing night. And, and I'm just, and I'm sure Clinton will echo my sentiments, man. You just did a phenomenal job on the play by play and uh, just made my job easy. And I just enjoyed being able to fill in the gaps and talk about the game. And, and it's an exciting venture, you know. I mean, for people to be able to watch a local high school football team with, you know, hey, ESPN quality, baby. I mean, we got ESPN on the sideline. We got ESPN up in the booth. I mean, we're 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 bringing some some strong stuff there. So, I think that's just. I'm excited to see where it's going to go, and uh, for folks to be able to catch that on their TV. Um, for everybody I talked to said that Saturdays. Uh, coverage was just amazing. The quality was fantastic. And, again, like you said, that goes to our producer, Joe. He's just an amazing guy that put all that together. So, for me, that's the thing. is It, it, it was not work. I mean, I'm not going to lie and tell everybody, man, I had to go in. We had, it was fun. You know, it was just fun. Right. And it was great to be out there. And it was great to be with you and Clinton. And, and I'm just excited. I'm excited about tomorrow night. Man, I tell you what, it's like Christmas morning on Fridays when we wake up and not to, you know, hey, look, we also did the world's longest pregame show that started actually Friday night oh. at 7. It didn't end until 5.30 on Saturday. I mean, we ain't bragging over here, but, hey, we did that. <laughs> <laughs> An hour guys, and a I just wanted to get you guys no oh, look at this. On a, on a, on a just had a we huge rocking. play. And, Eddie, I know you wish you were here, brother, but these guys just ran about – 
45 yards. Some dude just depleted a dude. Man, who says there's not action I on can JV hear the crowd. football, man? Woo, I can hear the crowd. Man, that's awesome. Guys, I'm going to cut you both. Well, I'm going to cut you loose first, Eddie, and just first of all say, man, you and I personally know this means a lot to have you in here with me tonight. We'll talk more about that later. But, uh, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're a first-class dude, man. I, I thank God for the opportunity to work with you on Friday night. Clinton, uh, same as you, buddy. I get to deal with you Sundays, Fridays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays. I mean, you know, I, I think I'm going to write you off on my taxes, but that's another story for another day, bro. Guys, I'm going to send you guys some keychains. You know, just know that tonight we had some crazy fun. We appreciate what y'all do. And uh, I look forward to seeing y'all at the stadium you, tomorrow Richie. night, guys. Appreciate you both. Yeah, man. Right, Lots of love. Man. God bless you, Rich. All right. All right. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, Eddie Pilly, Clinton Robinson Sr. That is the professor. I'm Richie Altman. That, my friends, uh, is uh, a good time on a Friday night as we bring Brandon back in. Brandon. Brother, man, that's, that's, uh, it just don't get any better than that. I believe we got somebody on the 843. Yeah, we do. Yep, let's go over there to the 843. Good afternoon, good evening. You're live quickly on Southern Sports Central. Who's with us? Hey, uh, Richard, uh, Coach Daniels is shopping. How you doing, man? Ooh, Coach Daniels is coming in to close up the shop. Bro, I tell you what, the coach of the week, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, he played in a midnight mass service on Friday night, and he gets a big win, Stratford over Somerville. And I got to tell you, Coach, to end the show any better, man. Just real quick, I, I, first of all, uh, for about three minutes I got you before we got to get out of here. But uh, first of all, congratulations. Uh, we're doing this new Coach of the Week award, and uh, you've earned it, brother. I know that's uh, a guy that played at Stratford the last time uh, you saw the W on the field. Uh, 1995, if I'm not mistaken, was what we were told earlier tonight. And uh, you actually got a coach in a win. 94. 94. I think it's the red beard. Being a yep. red beard guy myself, I think the red beard got you that yeah. W the other night. But uh, kind of give us a kind of a recap of the night. And, uh, man, your quarterback played great. Unfortunately, you lost a receiver, man. But I tell you what, highlights, that kid is a special kid. But it took a lot of other guys to uh, make that happen. Right, Coach? Yeah, without, without question. You know, it was a, it was a great, great win for us, great, great win for the program. Anytime you beat a rivalry, it's, it's awesome. Um, you know, I, I, I appreciate the, the award of Coach of the Week, but that, that is really good to me. That goes to my staff and, and our players. They, you know, they do a great job. And, um, you know, we just excited the way we came out. Uh, didn't start the game real good first quarter. Did not play our best football, but we found a way to come back and battle back and win. And um, it speaks a lot about, about the character of our football team and the adversity we can face. We're live right now with the Coach of the Week on Southern Sports Central Week 1. That is Coach Denny McDaniels. He is the head coach of the Stratford Knights. He played high school football there, won back in 1994 against Somerville, and it was Friday night. They were the only game, I can promise you, on your TV and on a local stadium here in the state of South Carolina as they brought in a win. I guess you guys actually won on Saturday, by the way, Coach. I don't think it was a Friday night when it was a Saturday, the earliest morning win you could have, huh? Now, Coach, let me ask you, how's the young man doing? I heard he had some surgery on Monday. Words that we got from um, the, the parents is that it went well and things are on the up? Uh, he actually had surgery on Saturday morning. Um, uh, okay. It just speaks to testament as hard as the kid David Washington is. He was, at, he was there for practice on Monday. Mm. Uh, they showed up on crutches, and, you know, we told him to go home, and um, and he asked, uh, he wants, wants to be a still part of the team, and he asked if he could 
Yeah, we got a recruiter now. He's going to start going down and helping out with our JV program and teaching those guys on a lower level. Uh, you know, I hate it for him. He's senior. We expected a big year for him. But if you got to go out, he had the best ball game to go out on. That absolutely dominated that game. And it's been so out. We were sitting pretty with uh, because of the play he had. Well, Coach, i got to be honest with you, man. You and I kind of got some good history together. You've always been a big fan of my my dream here on Southern Sports Central, man. You Just like right now, you, you were able to make time to get time and got the permission to be a part of our broadcast, and I appreciate it tonight. And, again, on behalf of all of myself, Eugene, and all of us here on Southern Sports Central, and we've got multiple shows that want to congratulate you and your team on behalf of us on our uh, Coach of the Week Award. And, again, like you say, you give it to your other coaches, but uh, we'll be getting it to you here shortly. But we do appreciate you, and we look forward to seeing you soon, Coach. Uh, this week, by the way, you guys have a uh, little rival game. It's Kane Bay. That yep. one means a lot, Another as this past week did as well, right? It's a first reason game. It's a rivalry right at the road. I mean, we won't even get on the bus until about uh, 6.10 tomorrow. It's so close. And, uh, but uh, just really appreciate the job y'all do and the, and the exposure y'all do for the kids. It's, 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 you know, we can't tell you how much we appreciate it, how much it means to you guys. And, uh, just thanks for the opportunity to get on with you guys. Again. You got it, buddy. God bless you. Take care tonight. And I'll be catching up with you off the air, buddy. I appreciate you, Coach. Uh, sounds good, man. Have a good night. All right. You got it, ladies and gentlemen. Look at that. Just like that, you ask and you shall receive. And that is the head football coach over there at Stratford High School, Coach Denny McDaniel. He is our coach of the week here on Southern Sports Central after a big win on the road against Somerville. That's an old rivalry. You can always tell who, when, where, and how someone graduated by defining the rivalry. For example, if you ask somebody at Saka, see who's the rivalry, most of us would say Conway. Well, the new age group's going to sit there, and they're going to tell you probably St. James. But there's a lot of those guys like Danny McDaniels and a lot of others what will tell you that Stratford-Somerville rival, and even Coach Call would probably tell you that, echo that as well. And by the way, that was the first game after Hurricane Hugo that those two teams met up, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. So some history there in itself. So a, um, a great opportunity for us to get in here with this coach. Uh, Eugene, I know it's a kind of a big night there. We are about a minute away, man. You want to sign off real quick on your end, and I think you did a great job, young man, in getting that rookie stripe of doing some field reporting, buddy. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Uh, it, it's been a wild night uh, for, you know, for the offense, for Oceanside, uh, to be able to put up some points, uh, 55 to nothing at halftime. Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure there's going to be an eight-minute running clock in the second half. Uh, you know, North Charleston just is a rebuilding year. I actually met with the AD, talked to the AD a little bit before the game. You know, they, had a, they have a whole bunch of freshmen on this team. These guys are working hard, working hard, working hard. But, you know, their numbers are down. They uh, had a whole bunch of new coaches. Some guys took off, uh, got some uh, college jobs and, and whatnot. Uh, he, t- he was telling me about that, so he had to hire a bunch of new staff. So, you know, it's just one of those growing pain years, you know. When, when you flip over, it, just, it, it happens. And uh, like I said, you know, we, I think he told me they had 17 freshmen on this team, so it's about half the team are freshmen. You know, so what, these guys are going to take the lumps this year. Uh, well, we played a little bit loud there, Eugene, so uh, unfortunately, uh, there you go. So uh, that is an update from the game. Down in North Charleston. It looks like it's going to be all ocean side. We've got an update from those guys on Monday. Here, we're done. 
But yet, we've got another quarter football. It's Fort Dorchester beats, excuse me, JV up 14-12 over Goose Creek. We'll give you an update on that as well down the road. Brandon, you got a big game, uh, excuse me, a big show tomorrow morning from 7 to 10. Don't forget, you can listen to Sports Unlimited right here on Southern Sports Central at uh, Friday morning, 7 to 10. On behalf of all of us, all of you, Coach Daniel, congratulations on the first week award. Coach of the week, we'll be, right, we'll be back tomorrow morning, right early, 7 a.m., guys. On behalf of you, stay safe, and God bless you. We won't tell them during the game. No.